greatness has arrived welcome to episode 313 of the trophy room a playstation podcast made by the players for the players i'm your host joseph aka mr bad bit and it is here where me and my best friend kyle talk about the latest the greatest in all things playstation of course this week we're talking about those pesky ceos announcing games yet again in earnings calls we're going to be talking about the final fantasy 16 previews from software dropping news while we sleep and kyle are we are we playmakers and also last but not least we sit down with danielle basuti aka freya from god of war and god of war ragnarok all that and so much more but with all that said with all that out of the way the greatest co-host whoever is whoever will be Mr. Kyle Stevenson, how are you, sir? I'm doing just okay. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, a very fulfilling beginning of the week, uh-huh, uh-huh. followed by a very bad mental health day, and here sure. we are. <laughs> so just just okay, everybody. Just thing. All right. Just, yeah, you know. I'm having a good week. I think it's good. been, it's been fine. Good. It's been, you know, yeah. I, I've, I've been getting through some games. Like when we talk about awesome. the, the what you've been playing segment, I've been playing a lot of VR, like Ooh, nice. a stupid amount. Sweet. I think it is the majority of time played, like I think like 80, 20% VR to like flat games, you know? Sweet. Is that what we're going to call them now? Yeah. Just flat. Yeah. Well, Christian Spicer on DLC calls them flat. And I'm like, you know okay. what? I'm digging that, and I'm taking All it. Right. It's mine now. Okay. <laughs> that said, Kyle, I want to open the show, like I uh-huh. usually do, with a question for you. All right? A nice little warm-up, a feeler, as you would. Okay. What is the one game, one, that you are most ashamed you've never played? Not a game that you tried. Not a game that you played for a minute or two. You've uh-huh. legitimately have never even pressed play. On this game. Okay. Think I can do it. this. Think about it here. It's between one or two. I got one. I got one lined up. You want you want to hear it? All right. Yeah. Half-Life 2 is it. Oh, okay. I've seen my brother, that, again, 90s were a thing, right? So I uh-huh. watched my brother play Half-Life 1. I was not allowed. I watched my brother play Blue Shift. All the all the DLC that they had, expansions, quote unquote, to those games. I even played Counter Strike. Somehow was able to. I remember that day too very well. Uh, for the keyboard warriors out there, my brother's freshman year of community college, humble brag. He had like a computer lab, right? And him and his buddies were like, "Yeah, so like after class is over, we play Counter Strike in here." I never played Counter Strike in my life. I beat them all over and over and over and over again. Uh-huh. And they were furious at me. Mm. This is me. I'm like 12. And I'm just owning these kids. Owning the libs, as they say. Now. Oh, jeez. That said, though, Kyle. Uh-huh. <laughs> Security College. Fits. The game that I'm ashamed is Half-Life 2. Half-Life 2 is renowned. It's beloved. And yet I have never even loaded it up, downloaded it on like mm. Steam or something. Like it's a perfect Steam game, one would think. Yeah, right? Never touched it. 
hell, I should turn on my Steam Deck right now to see if I can just download it. I bet it's there. I bet they just give it to you when you make a Steam account at this point. Never tried it. What about you, Kyle? What is that that's, one guilty That's shocking game? to me because you did. Did you not own the orange box with Portal? Because it was on there. I've seen the orange. I think I've taken out the orange box at GameStop when I used to work at GameStop. Mm, mm. But because even... I, I, that's where I, I play. I dabbled in it. Yeah, on, on there. So, um, I, I watched my brother play the Xbox version. Mm-hmm. Never touched it. Mm. I'm gonna cheat. Okay, go for it. Because I can't pick one or the other. Sure. N64 Zelda's. Not once. Wow. So like, I know it's they're widely regarded as some of the best games ever made. Yeah. I have not even besides screenshots or have watched like um, uh, speed runs every once oh in a while. Have not touched Ocarina of Time or Majora's Mask. Oh. Zero. Nada. Nothing. You've, you've Zelda never just been, doesn't do it for me. You've never been in Gerudo Valley with the Spanish. I've never. Guitars. No, no, no. Well, I've, I've said it multiple times. I've played about a half hour of Breath of the Wild and I just stopped. Like, I don't know what it is. I really have no idea what it is. I know they're good games. Hot damn. I just can't, just can't do it. I don't know. Hey, Kyle, you know what's also a really good game? What? Resident Evil 4. You know what's getting remade in a few weeks? Oh, what? Resident Evil 4. Guess what? Ooh. what? I'm tired of waiting for us to hit 300 five-star reviews over on Apple Podcasts. I know what you're about to do. I'm tired of it. We're at 292 five-star reviews over on the American charts of Apple Podcasts. I'm going to do something. Hold on. Can I do something? Yeah, please. Yeah, please. What are you asking? Well, this is what I'm asking. This is what I'm selling. All we need is five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. And guess what? If you send yours in by the time uh, that the game launches on the 17th, so we'll reveal winners on March 24th. 24th, I think it releases. Oh, does it? Am I wrong? Let me Am know. I wrong? You have until yeah. March 15th. Drop us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and you are entered to win a copy of Resident Evil 4 Remake on PS5. And here's another one. Double your Comes luck. Comes 24th. 24th? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Double your luck by having a Spotify review. Tweet at us at PS Trophy Room and you are entered to win. Now, you might say, Joe, I've already dropped you a five star review on Apple Podcasts, already dropped you a five star review on Spotify. Well, guess what? You're in luck because you're automatically entered to win. And if you're a patron at any denomination, you're also entered as well. So, double your luck, double your chances, triple your chances to win Resident Evil 4 Remake. On PS5, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify to enter. And that's all good and dandy, but it's time for a little bit of housekeeping. Now, gang, I'm going to have Kyle read uh, our, our amazing patrons because my voice, I'm already feeling it. I'm losing it. So hopefully I still have it by the end of this episode. Kyle, take it away, good sir. <laughs> Newest Patreon members, Matt Pugh at the gold level, DJ Hercules 89 at silver, our premium uh, patrons, Todd Berwitz and Toxic. 
See, I'm trying my best. I'm trying my best, Joe. Platinum members Brad Presnell, Brent Gillahan, Jedi Master Ren, Cowboy Danger D, Jonas Young, Jose Jimenez, The Green Gorilla Gamer, Chaotic Monkey, Millennial Falcon Gaming, Ryuku Kill 90, Sith Lord 92, Spam and Bamman, Steven Flesh, and Struble's and Bits. And our gold members, Awesome Dave, Cypher Primus, Bertos Maximus Baldron, Darth Simon the Pie Man. Daniel Welsh, Elo 2032, Jesse Garcia, JB the Purple Monkey, Hide Indoors, Nakachaka, Katie Stubbs, Kevin Mitchell, Kevin Diaz, K Grimm, Lamb Trap 93, Marcus O'Neill, Andro- Androzor, I can never get that right, Astronaut Jr., Rick Arrington, Dewani Raksha, Aztec King, Robbie Bobby Miller, Brenton Zachary, Brenton Brenty Blob, Bubble Boy N7, Captain Logan, Final Fan XZ, Hambone, JD Dellinger, M9 Prime, Stone Cold, ET, Tino Six Speed, M Cly underscore H85, and Johnson and Sean McKenzie. Ooh, we thank you all of our amazing patrons. Like we say each and every week, the reason why we sound so good, look so great, is because of your amazing pa- uh, patronage over at patreon.com slash P. As trophy, you know what I I caught myself doing when I said "look so great," I pointed to the mic. Sounds so great, I pointed to the camera. <laughs> it that's, happens. That's what broke me. It happens. That said, you keep this show going because of your generosity. So thank you all so very much. I also want to say shout out to our newest member. Literally, as you were reading the notes, what our newest member at just the dollar tier, Fudge. Fudge, thanks, Fudge. Just know if you become a Patreon, uh, or Patreon, uh, I'll read any uh, any any title you give us live on the show. Oh, oh, hold on. Anyone, <laughs> you pick anything you want. Sky's the limit, within reason. Kyle, it is time to square up the news. First bit of news that needs to be squared up is coming from Andy Robinson over at VGC. And Andy writes, Warner Brothers CEO says Mortal Kombat 12 is coming this year. Speaking during the call, Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zaslav mentioned the previously unannounced sequel by name and claimed it would it would release this year. Quote, there's lots more to come, including the highly anticipated Mortal Kombat 12 and Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. Games also set for release this year with ambitious launch projections, end quote, he said during the call. The latest game in the series, Mortal Kombat 11, was released in 2019, with the DLC expansion called Aftermath released the following year. Speculation suggested that NetherRealm's next game would be the third in its Injustice series of DC superhero fighting games. However, journalist Jeff Grubb claimed last year that NetherRealm was instead prioritizing Mortal Kombat 12, due to uncertainty over its future with parent company WB Games. Quote, It lines up with reality, and it lines up with what I've heard, where Mortal Kombat 12 would make the most sense because that's a game they know will make money. It will sell well, Grubb said at the time. Earlier this year, the actor behind Johnny Cage appeared to tease that he was recording new material for the fighting game series. Ooh-wee, Mortal Kombat 12. Looks like it is coming out this year. Looks like a lot of the rumors about... WB were correct here. You know, it looks like they were out looking for buyers and no one was taking their offers. And so they're like, okay, you know, we got new creative uh, vision with, with, uh, with James Gunn. They want us to, to be used as a conduit to unify the cinematic and TV universes together with games. 
all this is exciting. So it looks like the team NetherRealm is yet again making another Mortal Kombat game. I want to know, Kyle, <laughs> are you a little bummed that this is the way we found out? Always. Yeah. I'm always bummed that somebody in a suit sitting behind a what I imagine a long oval table with only uh, with only two chairs being used, him and his <laughs> assistant among twenty five chairs in the room. Sure. On a on a on one of those uh, you know office telephones and speaker. That's what I imagined happened. <laughs> Instead of the team that puts their hard work into the game and yeah. them announcing it on their own terms. Yeah. So whenever this happens, I feel so bad for. The actual people putting in the work, not the yeah. not the person that is going to reap the benefits of after the game comes out, kind of thing. Yeah, I want I want to shout out Ed Boone too because he he took it on <laughs> on the cheek, man. He was just like, "Yes, he did." What, what do you say? Something along the lines of just. So, how about that Injustice Three? <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard about Injustice Three? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, this is a bummer, and obviously, to me, I think they said it because they had to. They're like, okay, yeah. we know what's out in the spring, but the investors really need to know that we have something in the fall and we can't be vague with them because of the state of WB at the point. So mm -hmm. I understand why they took this route. I totally do. Um, yeah. It is a bummer because I would love to see these guys on a showcase, perhaps, reveal the game on their terms. But again, yep. like, shout out to Ed for being just a true king as always about oh, it. Oh, absolutely. And do you do you find it weird yeah that all the major fighting games series and IPs Tell me. all come out relatively around the same time? Right? It seems like they have the same cycle. Don't don't you think they would be like a year after each other or something? Like, like you don't want to compete we get with Street, Street Fighter. Fighter. Yeah. yeah, we get a new Street Fighter this year, seemingly Mortal Kombat in the fall. You think Tekken next spring? Sure. Like they are so close to each other and i don't understand why that happens yeah same and the i think the the cool thing about the fighting game community though like at least all the creators they have such an immense respect for one another absolutely absolutely i, I yeah. like you don't get to see that so much with games but in this definitely genre, not in the first person shooter definitely realm. not in the first person no, no, shooter no. Realm. Mm -mm. but like in this realm you just get to see them championing each other and rooting each other on and like i just i just love 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 seeing that kind of what what seems like communication between all these like great minds of fighting here and just one big stage celebrate it together because the genre is just so so damn small and so competitive so that said kyle the interesting mm -hmm. thing here is it seems like for me at least almost every mainline fighter I, I maybe from what we've seen, Mortal Kombat: The Outlier has been shown on a PlayStation stage. Think about it, right? Like Street Fighter Six, that's getting marketing with Sony. You got Tekken, that's marketing by Sony or marketed at by Sony. Uh, and now Mortal Kombat Twelve, one would assume with all the ties that Sony has with WB, with Hogwarts Legacy, with Suicide Squad, and even the Arkham games. That this is going to be the same here, especially because PlayStation I, owns Evo. I was about to say, I don't think it's about WB. I think it's just because PlayStation owns Evo. Yeah. And I think that is such a huge thing that, of course, you want to showcase these mainline historic fighting game franchises. Yeah. When you think fighting games, you think of those three IPs. So, like, of course, 
of course it's they're it's going to be on a PlayStation stage, especially since they own Evo. Yeah, and I don't know. What, do you think PlayStation's going to also nab the rights of Mortal Kombat in terms of like marketing? Like, do you think we're going to see this game at the PlayStation Showcase? Thousand yeah. thought. Oh yeah? yeah, I think we will. I think it's not. I don't even think there's a doubt. Uh, Mortal Kombat I think Street 11. Fighter is going to be out beforehand, so I don't think we're going to see Street Fighter Mortal Kombat in the same thing. Correct. And I think we see Tekken at, like, TGS. Yes. Uh, I think you hit it right on the, on the head, and I think because Microsoft is seemingly too preoccupied with the Activision Blizzard deal, which would totally make sense, that they're not in the market of trying to go after this right now. They're trying to nail down what they're trying to nail down at the point in time even just with my ear to the ground that seemingly what is the case at microsoft in terms of why they've been a little bit radio silent is because they are working on getting that deal done now that said enigma writes in writing with this question just like you can too if you go over to at ps room on twitter or join our amazing discord server like the hundreds of you are if you want to talk to like-minded gamers if you want to you know ask us questions on the show Discord is the place to be. Enigma writes. Now, I know you guys aren't too interested in fighting games, correct? With so many coming out this year in terms of big hitters, Tekken, Street Fighter, and Mortal Kombat, is there anything they could add for you guys uh, to maybe make them more enticing? For me? Kyle? And I just thought of another one, a Soul Calibur. Oh, right? yeah. major IP mm-hmm. um, in the fighting game universe. Give me what the old school Tekken did. Tell me. Where, where each character had a storyline arc, like a career for every character. Mm. They had their own thing to tell stories, and they weave in with the other characters, and they show up, and everyone has a, a arch ne- nemesis that's on the roster kind of thing. <sighs> I used to love doing that, and that is what would get me into a street fighter mm. and a mortal mortal combat it's been a while since i played a mortal combat yeah. yeah so i don't know if that is a thing in the career mode um but i know aftermath i think uh, uh did some pretty good things uh the mortal Kombat 11 yeah. and that story so i don't know that's why i want just more story in the fighting games i, I can't just play a game where all you do is fight i know it's real dumb sounding but like i want i want a story <laughs> no i totally get it uh, unless god grants me the ability in my sleep or just comes down and goes joe i grant you the ability to be just decent at fighting games there's no way i'm gonna be enticed to go in because i guys i'm i'm not kidding you i couldn't make it through the injustice 2 tutorial that i am so terrible at fighting games Unless it's Marvel vs. Capcom, where I'm decent and I just spam buttons like I'm Ellie in The Last of Us, there's just, or mash them. There's no way. There's just no way. But it, it is always a genre that I love. What is seemingly the admiration between all these these communities? It's so tight knit. So, yeah, that's uh, there ain't no way, unfortunately. No. But again, sucks to see Mortal Kombat get leaked out by the literal ceo but you know what doesn't suck by brad in a suit (laughs) damn it brad god damn it brad you son of a bitch you know what doesn't suck what final fantasy 16 take it away zermina khan over at ps lifestyle writes final fantasy 16 draws inspiration from god of war says director 
Final Fantasy 16 gameplay draws inspiration from God of War, director Hiroshi Takai has said. Takai revealed that he's been a fan of the Santa Monica Studio franchise since the first game released on the PS2. So how is Final Fantasy 16 gameplay inspired by God of War? Speaking to GameSpot, Takai explained that Final Fantasy 16 structure is similar to God of War and that it has a hub that will lead players to the main scenario quests. The hub area will also give players access to locations that they've unlocked in order to complete side quests and other missions. Players can choose to continue with the main story or tackle side content that they've unlocked. This hub is called Hideaway in Final Fantasy 16, and it's where a lot of the game's RPG elements come into play. There's a shop, a blacksmith, NPCs, a quote-unquote hunt board, and much more. Hunt board is described as something that gives players clues to certain locations in the world map where they can, quote, hunt notorious marks, end quote, and earn materials and rewards. Quote, to say there's no influence of that series, meaning God of War, on me and on this game would be a lie, Takai added, end quote. And then Yoshi P on PlayStation exclusivity. Yoshi P says, This time there was a portion where we were developing together with Sony Interactive Entertainment engineers who know the hardware thoroughly down to the core and we received generous support and optimization that we could not manage on our own and so on. Additionally, Yoshida says that Sony will help in doing, quote, promotions together globally, end quote. Also, not having to make Final Fantasy 16 for multiple platforms at launch means that Square Enix could, quote, invest more man hours into things such as building the game and optimization, end quote. Having both technical and promotional support was a big factor in deciding to make Final Fantasy 16 a timed PS5 exclusive. Ooh, wee, Kyle. Thank you for that great read. Um, so, a lot of people are like, whoa, 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 whoa. Suddenly, is, is the protagonist Clive Bigsby gonna be tossing around his sword like the axe what's going on here hello juliana <laughs> i love that you get that reference um you know like what's how is this inspired by god of war and i just want to say i was having a conversation with captain logan the best host or someone say the host of the xbox drive i wouldn't disagree um and i love what he said where it was along the lines of developers xbox drive no 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 wrong xbox show oh what was it what did i say you said Xbox Drive. I'm oh, sorry, Xbox Expansion Pass. There you go. Oh, they all sound alike. Uh, so, <laughs> but he was he was talking about like developers make the games that inspire them. Developers make the games that they want to play. And so when people get really like down in the dumps here about like oh it plays like God of War quote unquote, I'm like that's the game that they were inspired. They yeah. saw something. They saw uh, something that they can they wanted to do themselves here. And when it talks about the hub world, I'm like, that's where they're really, what, what Yoshi's P is trying to tell you is we get it. You know, final fantasy games have been very linear, but we're opening it up in a smarter way rather than just giving you this huge open world hub. Uh, we're going to give you something that's tighter knit, but you can still have a sense of exploration. I, I really dig this. I, I don't know, Kyle, what did you think of, not just, you know, Yoshi P's, you know, words here, but you've seen the gameplay. Mm -hmm. What what are you are you pretty optimistic? You're the you're the big Final Fantasy guy. So I am. let me let me know what you thought. I can't say I'm over the moon excited. Ooh. Which okay. is weird for me to say. Alright. It's it's similar to Final Fantasy VII Remake. Okay. Which I love. It's just I miss the turn-based 
era of Final Fantasy. Mm. And, and the hub world is exciting and, and, and all that, but I, I do miss a good open world because okay. that to me is Final Fantasy's bread and butter usually. Um, I, I mean, I'm still going to play it. I'm going to go in with an open mind. I'm sure it's going to be absolutely stellar. Yeah. To me, I was watching it. I was like, this looks like a God, like God of War meets Dark Souls. What the hell? Kind of combat. We watch and the I, same. I don't know. We watch the same thing. I don't know. I, I, I like when you. There was a scene where like he opened up. Uh, he went into like a castle, and there were just yeah. enemies there, and you just went up. To, that reminds me of something I did in like you know Demon Souls. I, I'm just not over over the moon excited, which is very weird for me to say. Maybe okay. it's because I'm coming off on a, a bad mental health day. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, next yeah. week I might be singing a different tune. Yeah, you, you seem to be a I've, real I've been, grouch, Kyle. I've been on record saying I'm not excited about the icon versus icon thing. But it looks uh, rad here, Kyle. It looks awesome. We it saw another does. icon chop another icon's arm clean off. <sighs> I don't know. And then stepped on his chest like dad. I, I think I think another <laughs> reason why it's a bit, <laughs> a bit of a bummer for me is uh-huh. when I think Final Fantasy, I think of your party and your party right. members. So you don't control is, the party this time. You're just yeah, controlling Clive Bixby. It's just Clive. And uh, maybe that's why I'm having this kind of reaction. Mm. But. Talk to me next week. Maybe I'll okay. change my tune. Because okay. <laughs> I'm really, like, honestly, I saw this and it, it reminded me of like, oh yeah, Final Fantasy's version of what a Devil May Cry game would look like, mm-hmm. like with all the numbers in the air, but not making me feel bad that it didn't score a you know a double S or whatever it's called, right? Like, fair, yeah, yeah. yeah that's I what don't it, like that either. Yeah, it's super flashy. There's tons of just particle effects in the air. It looks epic. So for me, it's just like I saw him juggling a character in the air, and I'm like, this looks 100% up my alley. And for there being no party, again, and this is coming as like a non-hardcore Final Fantasy fan again, I've only beaten uh, uh, Remake. Remake. So this is kind of the duality here. Mm -hmm. I'm the newcomer, you're the veteran, and I'm super excited. Like, this is everything I I, I want. And when I see that there's no party, I'm like, okay, that doesn't mean there's going to be... You know, no way of us to connect on a reasonable. Sure. You know, like this could be like a Dragon Age type of situation. Sure. Uh, where they're helping me out in different ways, but like to me, I, I, I really, I really liked what I saw, especially the icon v icon fight, which was what some of the most questionable uh, things that we had here looked huge. It looked epic, but we do have some questions. Edward Fudge writes, how much how how many cutscenes are too much in a video game? Final Fantasy 16 has 11 hours of cutscenes. Should I go watch two seasons of Game of Thrones instead? That's funny because this game is very much inspired by Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Um so Kyle. Yeah. You think that's a little bit is are we getting Kojima levels here? Like, am I gonna just put my controller down? No? I mean, most Final Fantasies have a lot of cutscenes. Okay, fair. Uh, so to me, that just comes with the territory. I don't, off the top of my head, don't know just how much time-wise the other games had worth of cutscenes. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think this is the way they're talking about it and the way the video was talking about how 
and the couple previews I read, how it blends seamlessly into gameplay. Yeah. Similar to like a uh, a Last of Us or a God of War. Like they, you can't really distinguish visually what mm-hmm. is a cutscene, what is gameplay. It's just going to kind of all flow together. So I don't think it's going to take you out of it per se. Okay. But um, I was very shocked in, in hearing uh that the main story is like 35 hours yeah uh seems short for final fantasy that's excellent because that's what i mean that's i know that's and then that's what in in all honesty the fact that you are excited about it gets me excited about it because you're you're getting into the world the final fantasy yep which is is what i think most uh ff fans like myself wanted more people to play these games and and go back to the older ones because they are really, really great. Yeah, I think it's like it, it, it is. Um, I think. Well, we'll get into it with this question. Yeah, Botos Maximus writes in: Has Final Fantasy had too many games made? And if, if not, then when do you think they should stop? Personally, for me, Final Fantasy X was the last good one for me. Now, this is a, a great question because yeah, there's been like countless. I mean, I, Green Gorilla Gamer had like a similar question of just like, dude, they've had 16 mainline games. They've had countless spinoff games that are even numbered. Like, I think the real number is like Final Fantasy has had like around 40 games or so in yeah. its catalog, games titled Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyle, <laughs> is it too many games? Because I feel like Final Fantasy is at this crossroads that it finds itself in where... I don't think the last game did particularly well in Square's eyes um, or or what they wanted from it. You mean 15? Yeah, 15, yeah. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. Where the guy with the glasses is like, here, I I made you a dinner. Yeah, I I, I played that game for maybe nine hours and was very disappointed by it. Yeah, and so... uh, to me, it's not about how many there've been. I mean, there's been countless Assassin's Creed. That series is still popular. It's more popular than ever, but it's because it's iterated on on itself countless times. Like it used to be a stealth game. Now it's like an action RPG, right? Yeah. Um, so for me, this is also different it. because like each entry in it uh-huh. is separate. Right. There, there is no like you got to play all the other fifteen games understand 16 story yeah there'll be probably references to monsters and items and maybe some npcs and whatnot like in the older games uh bigs and wedge were in all the final fantasy games because they love star wars so they had bigs and wedge in seven eight nine that's I believe, awesome even in ten yeah yeah so like i'm sure they're and there's a sid usually a character yeah. named sid um so like those are kind of like the interconnected kind of chocobos um, yeah, it, between them all, but they all tell a contained story. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there are some like 13 has two spinoffs, 10 has a spinoff. Um, 10 but two, I don't what think a bold title. I know, it's wild. <laughs> 10 again. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's. I don't think there's too many. Um, and just really quickly going back to Edward's Please. question. I looked it up. FF7 Remake had 15 hours of cutscenes. So more than 16, and yeah. I didn't mind it. Yeah. I Again, to me, I think Final Fantasy is at that crossroads where it needs to reimagine itself. And if it's taking a risk on one game, 
where they you could see that they could easily go back and go to this, a formula that works. That's fine. But I think mm-hmm. the talent there alone with like Yoshi P, we got like um, the the combat director of like Devil May Cry in here. Like, yeah, I think this game looks great. And I wouldn't judge a book by its cover right now in terms of if you're a Final Fantasy fan, you're like, this is not what I wanted from the series. Mm-hmm. I would try to come in with an open mind because for me, holy crap, Kyle, this is like number four on my top five games of, of 2023. Like it is yeah. up there now. For sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, and I'm excited for that for sure. Good. Good. Yeah. All right, Kyle. You know what I'm also excited for? Lay it on me. The game of the year 2022 to also be game of the year 2023. Take it away. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Rebecca Smith over at PS Lifestyle writes Elden Ring DLC release date will be after Armored Core 6. When the new Elden Ring Shadow of the Erd Tree expansion was announced earlier this week, and this is me interjecting, at 3 a.m. Eastern Time. <laughs> It came without a DLC release date. According to the latest reports, the DLC is quite a few months away from release and will follow after Armor Core 6 Fires of Rubicon hit stores. The Elden Ring DLC release date will not be until the end of 2023 at the earliest. Mm. Sources told Exputer that From Software is prioritizing the release of Armored Core 6, and only after this game hits retailers will the Elden Ring DLC become the next focus. Mm. Armored Core 6 only has a 2023 release window at the moment. However, the same sources claim the game is aiming for September or October of 2023, with the late September release date looking to be the most likely scenario. However, internal delays could see the game be pushed back therefore also also delaying the Elden Ring DLC very little else is known about the upcoming Shadow of the Erd Tree expansion aside from its title and a brief glimpse of concept art showing a land filled with ghostly shadows mist and ruined buildings all of this sits in the shadow of the giant Erd Tree hopefully there will be more information soon ooh we Kyle Stevenson. Now, if you guys don't know, there's a new game of the generation that is Elden Ring that as of recorded or as of recording that was launched 369 days ago. Who? Blessed be. Blessed be. That said, that that thumbnail, if you're an Elden Ring fan or stan, you know who's riding that horse. Oh, yeah. So... This looks like it could seem to be not saying names, and even then, it's like, can you really spoil this game? This game's in the yeah, name exactly right. Itself. But um, which character with an R and M or yeah. a G? <laughs> like, which one is it? With a British accent, um, yeah. it could be a prequel. Now, I-, I come at you with the real question here, Kyle. From software, they don't miss ever in their entire life. I love to hear that they're working on our Armor Core 6. Like, that is, of course, the main focus that is aiming for a uh, September release that will be announced mm-hmm. in the next week or so. Because I know they're they're going to be at a, a trade show with more information on Armor Core, so we can only assume. Oh, okay. That said, yeah. do we actually think this DLC is coming out this year? No. <laughs> Absolutely I do not. not. No. no. No, uh, I, there's no way if, no. if all the resources or most resources are on armor core six, one would assume, um, then no, this, this DLC is going to come out early 2024. Can, can, yeah. Can I be a little, little, uh, fake salty? Yeah, please. It's going to come out when the horizon remake <laughs> comes out. 
Because oh, no. this news came out on the Horizon anniversary this year. Like pouring salt on and an it open And it just wound. overshadowed it again. Like, I don't... Man. How Gorilla, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Horizon's great. It's one of the most slept on games from last year. Honest to goodness. Uh, Kyle, this question yeah. comes from M9 Prime. For the Elden Ring DLC, what would you like to see the most? Also, do you think that there will be a weapon that is specific to use on a certain boss fight? Uh, that would be cool. Like a gimmick fight, as a kid. Yeah. 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 What would you I, like to I see? like that boss fight a lot. Um, what would I like to see from DLC? Okay. I think what you were hinting at, uh, a prequel, per se, mm -hmm. I don't know how that would work. Yeah. To me, a prequel, you would have to have a set character from from software that you are controlling. And I feel like creating your own character doesn't necessarily make a whole lot of sense if it is a prequel. Yeah. I um so I uh, what I would want maybe see some of these areas before all the calamity or whatever okay. happened. Okay. And maybe go through go through some of that, I think would be cool. Uh, you see, here's the thing. Like, yeah, that picture, there's so many questions because it's like, how can I hop in a DeLorean and go back in time with my own character? Because there's no way yeah. you're a preset character. You're no. definitely the character you've leveled up. God knows how many times you've beat it on New Game Plus. Mm -hmm. um, so it does have to be, I think, after the fact. When it comes to what I'd like to see the most... Um, there is an awesome boss fight if we're talking about gimmicks in Sekiro that I would love to see here where you're playing with uh, something that is larger than life itself and you're pretty much just jumping on clouds to get to them. It's one of my favorite boss fights. And if we see some type of recycled version of that boss, um, I'd be it'd be pretty dope because to me, I just wanted to see how they expand this universe. Now knowing how well it sold over 12 plus million units, you know, that Miyazaki is going to have to make a sequel. <laughs> so Kyle that comes in with the next question here comes from Somnia that writes with 2023 looking extremely stacked game wise. I was curious what game could Sony or a third party announce for 2024 or later that would get you very excited kyle i don't like this question because they're already saying 2024 <laughs> as a time that exists <laughs> i mean the fact that it is march already as of recording yeah it's wild it's freaking me out what game from 2024 uh really quickly though because yeah. i i just looked it up because i was trying to remember how elden ring ends without spoiling anything yeah. But wouldn't it be cool if you made a new character in the DLC and the final boss is your character from Elden Ring, the main character? <laughs> yes, I would love That'd that. That'd be pretty cool. Well, um, well, they do do that in Dark Souls. Oh, they do? Theoretically. I didn't yeah. Okay. Because there's right. always an option in a, in, a, in, a, in a... It's usually like the worst option. It's like, ah. yeah, you become king of bullcrap. And then, <laughs> but no, that would actually be pretty cool if like you're fighting a version of yourself, not like a mimic tier, but like you're right, no. creating a new character and then uh -huh. fighting you from a different timeline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That'd, That'd be, be cool. all right. That's a um, multiverse shit. I like it, Kang. What game announced for next year would make me very, very excited? I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it, Joe. 
Just say it. Say okay, it with your whole chest. A game that you love, that I also love, say but it. not nearly as quite as much as you. Yeah. Give me a Ghost of Tsushima too. Yes, I was because I'm trying to think of what studio would be ready, and like I'm also just assuming that factions it will be a next year thing. So I don't want to say that. Sure, sure, that'd like, be easy. Who is who is up next in the PlayStation first party studios that isn't Insomniac, that right. isn't a Naughty Dog, and I feel like it's got to be Sucker Punch. <sighs> It'd be four years since Ghost of Tsushima 1 came out, although they did do Legends, and they did do Iki Island. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think that would be cool. Also, just maybe, mm-hmm. I don't know, give me more of Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? I'm fine there. God, Insomniac's so busy. Um, so, okay, as much as I would love Sucker Punch to make a Ghost of Tsushima on, you know, 2, because I literally, I, I, I saw our, our good friend uh, Eric tweet out eric j tweet out uh he got like the 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 ghost statue oh and i'm like oh boy i'm i'm like that's i was thinking about it today i'm like ghost of tsushima really is as much as i joke about bloodborne eldering god that might be just my favorite game of all time i'm itching to go back every every goddamn day it's so good as much as i would like that i think they're making a pc port first i think they're prioritizing pc right or that would probably go to uh, what Nixes. It would, but I would think they're like co-developing together. Fair, you know, teamwork fair, fair, makes fair. the dreams work. Fair. Uh, London Studio. We already kind of know what they're working on. There's so many unknown factors here, and I want to keep it PlayStation. But honestly, yeah. um, I would kind of think maybe whatever Ben's cooking up. I'm always be rooting cool. for Ben. Uh, Same. And so for me, I I kind of. I would love it. I would love it if it's like work with the same tech that you had, the same idea with freakers. But like, what if it was just aliens? Like, what if this was some sci-fi thing? And there's just like hordes yeah. of just like aliens coming at you. Like, I'm yeah. thinking Xenomorph style as well. Oh, okay. Like that would get me really amped. That would be something okay. I'd be interested. All right. In. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a new I IP. Think that- Really? If I'm on, if I'm being totally honest here, I think the future of PlayStation is so exciting because we know so little. Yeah, and I think also, like, honest to God, people like we've given them plenty of guff over the past few months. Absolutely. I think the past few weeks have been so incredibly exciting from PlayStation, and now knowing that, yeah, we're getting a state of play soon, you know, in a few months, uh, or a showcase rather, that has me so amped. So I know what's coming out in the next few months and it looks exciting. I know it's Final Fantasy. You know, I know it's Resident Evil 4. You got Jedi Survivor. Street We're going to talk Fighter. about Game of the Year Diablo 4 in a sec. Like, there's so much to be playing that it's just so exciting to be a gamer right now, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know what's not exciting, though? Layoffs. Yeah, that's what it seems like, right? Yeah, that's, that is what it seems like. Talk to me about uh, it. Wesley LeBlanc from Game Informer writes, For spoken developer, Luminous Productions merging into Square Enix. Following the release of Forspoken earlier this year, Square Enix has announced that the game's developer, Luminous Productions, will merge into the company. 
It's a strange announcement, given that Luminous Productions was already a studio under the Square Enix umbrella, but now it seems that Luminous Productions as an individual entity will be no more, and thus won't be appearing its name among future titles, or won't be seeing its name appear on future titles. Quote, The merger is part of the company's efforts to bolster the competitive prowess of the group's development studios, a goal set forth under its current medium-term business strategy, a press release reads. Square Enix has developed numerous AAA high-definition, in in parentheses, HD games, (laughs) and possesses a wealth of intellectual property, parentheses, IP, and content. Luminous Productions uh, Company uh, Limited is meanwhile equipped not only with AAA title development capabilities, but also technical expertise in areas such as game engine development. Combining the two entities will further enhance the group's ability to develop HD games, end quote. As you can see, it's not that Luminous Productions developers are no longer with Square Enix. It's just that the team has been merged into the wider Square Enix umbrella. As for why, remains unclear. Perhaps it's the result of Forspoken's mixed reception at release, but that's speculation. So, Kyle, this is a bummer story. I've seen some people try to spin it, but what it seems like is the case is that Luminous Productions, um, first of all, that, that spun off a he- few years back with Final Fantasy XV, the Luminous Engine. Um, it seems like that didn't pan out for them. Right. It seems like Forspoken did not pan out for them the, the, the way that they wanted. And what it seems like is happening here is that they are being dissolved to be merged into Square Enix proper to maybe find a place in another studio or be kind of the support studio for other teams. Mm-hmm. So, Kyle, I just want to know, you know, a moment of, of your thoughts of of how does this make you feel? Knowing, you know, neither of us played for Spoken, so we don't have a huge attachment to it. But, yeah. you know, what do you think this means for, you know, the folks there? I I mean, I'm bummed for them. Yeah. I this is always like maybe fear isn't the right word, but I always hate seeing people who make one thing. Yeah. And then immediately afterwards, like, okay, well you tried it. We're not going to give you a second chance. Let's move on. Yeah. Uh, And that all, that really bums me out. If it is in case tied to for spoken stuff again, it's speculation. Who knows what? Yeah. Um, But like, I, that always bums me. Like going back to um, a great example would be like vicarious, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, being molded into Activision proper after they gave us one of the best remakes of all time yeah. in, in Tony Hawk. And, and, and same thing with uh, Toys for Bob, like being put on Call of Duty stuff after bringing Crash from the Dead. And those like suck that, because that, those were like successful as all hell. Like, exactly. Mm. Like that that kind of... And uh, another uh, on the indie side of things is uh, Campo Santo, who mm-hmm. did Firewatch and they had a uh, beautiful indie game. Uh, I believe it's called The Valley of the Gods that was announced. Yeah. And that is just completely gone because they got uh, moved into Valve proper and working on like Half Life stuff or, mm. or Valve things instead of making that really cool looking thing um, yeah. that a lot of people forgot about. So it, it's always a bummer when that happens because I, I want studios to be able to tell their own stories yeah. and have unique things. And if you're going to take an entire team out from making their own thing just to work on other people's stuff, it just bumps me out. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like for me, it's it, again, 
harkens back to Ben's studio where like they're an amazing studio. They've made awesome, like, you know, at the time PSP and Vita games. And then they're like, all right, here's our big break with, you know, um, with the PS4 and then it doesn't work. Right. Or or it doesn't, doesn't have meet that critical success. And what I like to see from PlayStation going, okay, so listen, days gone didn't work for us. Right. Let's try something else. And as much as that's a bummer, at least we could see that again from the outside looking in PlayStation was willing to go, okay, this didn't work. I see you're working on this project to help a few of our teams out. Once you're done with this, let's start going back to the drawing board of what y'all could deliver in this portfolio that we don't have. And it sucks that Square couldn't find that for Luminous, but, you know, unfortunately, sometimes that's that's what happens. That's how the cookie crumbles. You know what I'm saying, Kyle? No, you don't. So that's <laughs> no, yeah, I do. Oh, okay, you're like, you gave me silence. So I'm like, all right, I get it. Oh, it I had worse. it muted because I was oh, like... Okay. Fair enough. But no, burping, so burping coughing. Oh, weird. oh, gross. Okay, good. I don't want people to hear that. So yeah, no, it, it, it sucks, but that's kind of just how it how it happens. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Kyle. It's time for some flash news. Gotta run, gotta go fast. We gotta interview Daniel. We gotta get to oh god, oh god. <gasps> it's right. an hour long. We gotta go. <clears throat> Introducing PlayStation Playmakers, growing a network of passionate gamers, creators, athletes, artists, and entertainers who are proving the power of play. LeBron James, along with other music stars and sports icons, have titled PlayStation Game, I'm sorry, Playmaker. Eric Lempel, Senior VP at Sony Interactive Entertainment, has revealed a new program today, which will feature a group of passionate PlayStation fans in pop culture. They just gave them a bunch of money, guys. This is influencer marketing that we're seeing here. PlayStation will partner with these celebrities and influencers on an ongoing basis to celebrate their passion uh, for gaming and PlayStation and a bunch of money that we just gave them so that they could put like a, a dual sense in one of their like interviews or whatever they have. <clears throat> Alongside that, PlayStation announced a limited LeBron James dual LeBron James dual sense and PlayStation Five cover coming later this year. Uh, spoiler, they look gross, but this is immediately what I was, <laughs> I was whispering in your ear. They're partnering with celebrities. Celebrities are going to have their own PS5 DualSense controller. That you I don't, think, I don't think it looks gross. That's a you thing. I don't think they look gross. It's just not your thing. It's just a bunch of like, believe in yourself. You know, you yeah, can do it, this. It's a bunch of like uh, uh, graffiti crowds. Yeah. Like, uh, LeBron's thing. That's cool. Know, but it it's, just, cool. it's just a bunch of like gibberish. It's, you know, hot take, it's cooler than the camouflage. I mean, that's, well. Uh, for me personally, I'm just saying. I think. I'm not getting it, but let's be real. But, yeah. like, I, it's cool. I mean, it's probably going to be a collector's item. Uh, so that was, I was, okay. Real talk, as much as, like, I was kind of ripping this thing to shreds. Part of me is, like, <laughs> do I pick this up? Because it could be a collector's item. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, like, to me, it looks ugly. It just fair like fair. don't get me wrong i like i love like the graffiti like like king james oh, like, logo yeah, yeah. that mm-hmm. looks cool mm-hmm. but it's like nothing is given everything is earned on the yeah. touchpad was yeah, this yeah, yeah. chosen ones uh, something else on the bottom here i can't read because it's tilted slightly it's just like it's a bunch of it's a bunch yeah. of like Jer- lebron james said this stuff once mm-hmm. <laughs> you know i don't yeah. know uh kyle 
Ask What Not Why writes in, howdy, howdy, VR troopers. I mean, VR trophy hunters seeing the announcement of LeBron James and PlayStation. I'm curious, what dream celebrity collaboration would you love to see and in what way? Like a new controller, PlayStation Play, its special appearance in an exclusive, etc. I want to, I want to Jennifer Coolidge. Um, you know how they did the Ozzy Osbourne thing? I want her to describe the DualSense features. You know? I want her to. I can't do her voice, but all I'm hearing is I want a hot dog real bad <laughs> in her voice. I just. And wouldn't it be great if you just have these. <laughs> you know, just like her whisper. And she's like, uh-huh. and she's kind of uh-huh. like just talking to like, like, what is the cue card reading? Like an Al Pacino's like Game Award speech. A haptic feedback. Oh, wow. Haptic. What is See, that? I, I raised you that. You know? I I see I see your Jennifer Coolidge, okay. and I raise a Christopher Walken. <laughs> <laughs> Let me hear your best walking. I I can't do I can't do it. Go for wow, it. Wow, wow, these optics. <laughs> they're they're wowza. <laughs> I think you just did a Al Pacino that's whispering. I one thousand percent did. <laughs> I'm terrible at accents. Give me Al Pacino. Ooh ah, <laughs> These haptics are nuts. <laughs> My little astrobot. <laughs> oh my god, yes. What's another one? I don't want to let go of this. I feel like we got gold here. What's a celebrity? A realistic, like a celebrity thing. Like a realistic one? An actual <sighs> collaboration? You know who's pretty cool about video games? Uh, the chick that played Kick-Ass, or, or played uh, in Kick-Ass. Hit girl. I was about to say, Chloe Grace Moretz. Yeah. Chloe Gl- Grace Moretz. I love her true passion and love for video games. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. she's talking about, like, can I get a squad for COD? Like, that's, like, <laughs> random tweets at, like, 1 o'clock at night. Like, that, she, you see she she's genuine about it. The reason yeah. why I'm not, like, uh, LeBron James has a dual sense controller, it's like, dude, that guy's too busy being the best at, like, I was gonna say oh, football at, at, yeah, at, at basketball, right? Like, yeah, he's not yeah. he's not solo one v oneing me on dusk, yeah. you know. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, give me someone where I can believe their passion, their love for it. You know, I would I would throw another. Um, but the LeBron thing is genius because, oh, absolutely! Like this whole thing is smart as all hell. You kidding? When NBA two K comes out, you yeah. come on, come on. Jeez. Um. Another celebrity that I've heard her talk about how much she loves games, specifically Warcraft, is uh, Mila Kunis. Yeah, let's get uh, Mila in a there. a huge gamer as well. I think that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. So, yeah, like, just get people that love it. But I, I, I understand what they're doing here. This is influencer yeah. marketing. This is stuff that I used yeah. to do. We're just getting celebrities to hold your product so that that's going to influence uh, potential buyers to go out there and buy the thing. And yeah. Who better than like LeBron James, who is not just an incredibly talented athlete, but like an amazing entrepreneur and 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 philanthropist? So yeah, it makes total sense. Honestly. Are we are we are we playmakers, Joe? Um, I mean, we we fall in creators, right? We're de- no, I I would say we're playmakers. Uh, d- it just depends on what. No, and part of, part of their network, their just description is gamers, creators, athletes, yeah. artists, and entertainers. I think we're way. in the creator category. I, th- right? I think there's only one way to find out. Can you imagine if if there's a trophy room dual sense? I mean, why can't there be? That's fair. 
everybody at PlayStation at Eric Limpel. If you can find his at Twitter thing. At- Every time you get a trophy, the DualSense yells out, banger! <laughs> no, 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 It goes, ooh ah <laughs> I'm going to ruin my voice. I feel it in my soul. Uh, just give me a Jennifer Coolidge one. That'll be great. All right. Uh, PlayStation 5's DualSense Edge Controller is now available at Amazon and other retailers. Go literally get the best Elite controller out there on the market. Go for it. Mm-hmm. Game of the Year 2023 Diablo 4 beta is coming. Diablo 4's beta will run until March, or sorry, from March 17th until March 19th for those players who have pre-ordered the game. For those who haven't, they get to experience the beta from March 24th to the 26th. Am I going to run over to GameStop, get a pre-order, then cancel that pre-order? So once I get the code, yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Am I thinking about buying a physical PlayStation 5 system again? Because I want the 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 the, uh, the the cover art, yes. That's where you guys win. I, I honestly, I don't even need the disc anymore. I just want the cover art. I just want the case. Give me the case, and I'm good. Fair, fair. Dice Awards. Here's something, Kyle. Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? God of War won seven awards, including best action game. But the thing that won Goaty is the Goaty that is Elden Ring wins game of the year unsurprising to any of us Elden Ring was a great game was it our game of the year last year I don't know you have to tune in to find out no it wasn't all right Kyle here's a little segment called what you've been playing BB or what we like to say or what we like to call it now quick play now we've played a lot of games we got a minute on the clock we got an hour-long conversation with Danielle the voice of Freya we got to get to so I want to make this a little fast All right. So ask me if you need to ask me, ask me. Okay. I played a lot of Horizon Call of the Mountain. In fact, I've beaten it and I'm now going for the plat. Nice. It is a really great VR experience that in its later half um, introduces a story arc that doesn't need to be there. Uh, It feels a little long in the tooth at the last 40 minute mark. And I'm going to say it. There's a little bit of bugs here and there, a uh, little graphical glitches that I got to see that kind of broke out of the immersion, especially the last half. Um, but Fire Sprite, let's talk. Y'all did the damn thing. This game is great. The environments, I, the yeah. vistas. Kyle. I just, uh, last time we spoke about it, I finally got to do a fight Yeah. in Call of the Mountain. And oh my god, thrilling! Absolutely thrilling to just dodge and strafe and not feeling as chaotic as I thought it would be. Yeah. Especially because they keep it centered and the 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 machine never gets behind you really. Yeah. Um, and then I got to face off against the Glinthawks, which oh my god, what a what a battle! It, and the the cool the coolest thing is it. you go up afterwards and you rip a part out. Mm-hmm. I love ripping a part out of the machine to keep as like a collectible kind of thing. I'll keep oh, it, as a it feels, feels so good. Yeah, so the, good. the combat gets crazier and they add a couple of cool mechanics, which I wish they added earlier on that make the gameplay really sing. But what I will say here is I really, 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 really would have um, would have liked them to splice up the traversal a bit towards the end. Because it was okay. getting a bit samey. They tried, but it was getting a little bit 
samey okay. at certain points. It was again getting a little long in the tooth with the climbing. But what I will say, when it comes to the the combat, it gets crazier, it gets wilder, and you are tired at the end of it, especially with some of the bigger ones. It's like play play sitting down, standing up. So, oh, that's the one thing I wanted to get at. So, sitting down isn't as great as standing up. So, I would find a large area to play. You can play it sitting down, but I found that's where the climbing got a little wonkier. But I love this game. An eight eight point five is definitely where I see this game sitting. Sweet. Gran Turismo Seven. I played five races. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I played it for an hour. I did not. I'm not a uh-huh. car guy. I don't understand car culture. I do want a RAV4. They look really nice, and it's like, you get the hybrid. It's like 40 <laughs> miles to the gallon. That's the only thing I care about. Gran Turismo 7 VR is absolutely insane. There was a part where I took I took a ramp down, and Kyle, I was feeling, my brain was like, and this is the acceleration. <laughs> like <laughs> I felt like I was going downhill. Everything, everyone has been singing the praises on Gran Turismo. Even as a non-car guy, I see it. And go like go out there, please. That's awesome. Octopath Traveler is a code that we got from Square Enix. I am very early on, but let me tell you, so far, so good. It's more Octopath. So if you love those old classic JRPGs, um, this is it. The beautiful 2.5D, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous on the OLED, but I still find myself playing it remote play on my Steam Deck, believe it or not. Fair. Okay. Last but not least, I play Pistol Whip. Oh, yeah. Kyle. This game. This game is a bop. I I can't. I also played Pistol Whip, among other things, which I'll talk about in a second. But the fact that I didn't play this on the original PSVR, I'm kind of happy I didn't. Yeah. I'm kind of happy that this is my first time experience with it. Because, oh, my God. It is incredible. Although, the. One caveat is I wish it had a uh, seated mode. Yes, because, That's dude, it. you work yourself out after, like... Oh, you have to get low, pretty low, yeah. to avoid some of those obstacles. And with my back right now, I just can't do it. I mean, with... Uh, to to sell y'all on it, Pistol Whip is... If Beat Saber, John Wick, um, and baby Super Hot driver. had a baby driver, great, had a baby... it is so much fun you're shooting you first off you can shoot as many bullets as you want but it awards you more points if you shoot to the beat which is awesome and it just makes you feel so cool it's such a great on rail shooter that reminds me of the old arcade days and that's when i feel like vr is at its best when it reminds me of like the old arcade so those are the games i've been playing kyle Mm-hmm. What are what are some that you've been playing? Bye. I want to just uh, briefly shout out that my uh, my nieces got their first platinum I saw trophy. This. Uh, they did everything in Job Simulator right. VR. Uh, it's absolutely clap. incredible! Great, great game. Yeah, from Alchemy Labs. They're they're already on to Vacation Simulator and doing everything they can. Um, haven't played too much VR since last week, other than Pistol Whip. Yeah. Uh, because the girls have taken over the headset. That's <laughs> and, awesome. and by the time I want to play, the controllers need to be charged and then I'm too tired. <laughs> However, However, hop back into one of my favorite RPGs of all time <gasps> Legend of Dragoon. Yes. Oh, it felt so good. Oh, so everything came flooding back the music, the menus, the, the cool battle system where it. It is turn-based, but when you attack, you have to actively pay attention and 
press a button prompt at the exact time to add a extra attack on Ooh. Uh, to do more damage. What if you fail? Very, very cool. You just do one attack and then you okay. go back out. You're not. So you're it's not, not as much damage. You're not. You're not punished. Um, great characters. Uh, great music. Like it's it's good to be back. That's awesome. It's dude. very good to be back. I'm excited to keep playing and and get further than I ever did because you getting that plan. I don't. I'm gonna try. Okay. I don't know how how easy or how tough it is, but I'll look into it later. Fair enough. Um, and then uh, because we're getting so close to Resident Evil Four, <gasps> what are you doing? I was like, I remember this game that we talked about here, and I was very excited about. It is quote unquote one of those easy plat games. It's from Radalika, but it's called Save Room. Okay. Do you remember me talking to you about Save Room? No, go for it. It's literally the inventory management of RE4 the game. Oh, I, yeah, I think I saw like Wario tweeted out. Yeah, you just need to fit all the guns and the herbs and everything in its spot. You have a solution, all and right. that's all you. That's all the game is. There's like 40 different levels of different of you trying to fit all these different weapons and ammo and grenades. That's awesome. And you just got to fit it all in. And it's yeah. it's got the same uh, uh, vibes of Resident Evil 4. That's and it's, awesome. It's awesome. It's five bucks. Honestly. If you're getting an itch to, to like just to do that, which is one of my favorite things to do in Resident Evil. Same. Easy. 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 Go buy it. Uh, Go buy it. Real talk, Kyle. That will be my easy plat for Callisto because I want an oh, easy plat that I feel like is fun. And I, oh, for that something, one's definitely is. yeah, like the OCD in me loves doing that in RE. It's uh, great. Yeah, great. All right, Kyle, are you holding on to something? Yes. Prepare the drop. You're the latest steals and deals coming to the PlayStation storefront. Destiny 2 Lightfall, PS5 and PS4. Love seeing all the PlayStation Studios games celebrate and shout out Destiny 2. Give One it a of my favorite artwork. things. One it, of my favorite things. They're really treating this like this is part of the family, but it's not, but yep. it is. Wink, notch, yeah. notch. Uh, Fernbus, and I, and I think I am going to pick up Destiny Lightfall, by the way. Sweet. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a go. It looks way too cool looks way too cool okay fern bus coach simulator on ps5 scars above on ps5 ps4 void trrlm2 void terminal 2 on ps4 uh march 1st bendy and the dark revival on ps5 ps4 brock the investigator oh my god you're an investigator that is a gator that's great yeah that's a great title everybody take a look at that title ask yourselves why can't we be that uh, PS5, PS4. Fight I believe rage. we have a uh, a review at Six One Indie going up about that game soon. So, all things to the power of Six One Indie. PS5, uh, Leap on PS5, PS4. Second of March, Mayhem Single Valley on PS5, PS4, and March third. Oh wait, oh god, can I buy Destiny Two and do this? Okay, no know. longer home on PS5, PS4, and Wulong Final. Oh, sorry, Fallen Dynasty on PS5, PS4. Ooh, Joe is Joe has a conundrum. Okay, okay. So, you do. Okay. Does your love of souls, love of souls overweigh your need to be the best in every first person shooter ever made? <sighs> I still got Hogwarts and I want to plant that. Yeah. So I got, uh, got Octopath. Yeah. These are yeah, great yeah. struggles. These are like these are the struggles that get me excited. <laughs> oh, what a yeah. conundrum. Why not both? Joseph says. Mm, All why right. Not both. 
it's time for our favorite segment before we get into our favorite segment of the night, which is our interview with Danielle. The Sony Pony Express. Yeah. Ghetto Berry writes, hey guys, I'm looking forward to treating myself to Power Wash Simulator this payday yeah. weekend. Hell yes. Especially the Lara Croft Manor and the Midgard DLC. What DLC would you like to see next in the game? Imagine Gran uh, Grand Turismo crossover, washing all them sexy cars. Love as always. Take care, you guys. Take care to yourself, Ghetto Take Bear. Take care okay. of yourself, yeah. Let's keep this PlayStation centric. Great game, by the way. Great game. I love that love Power Wash Simulator so is becoming a thing in this community. Mm. Um, what is a PlayStation IP that like we could clean the room of? Like I'm seeing it right here. Like we clean. I don't know how fun it would be. Tommy. Last of Us. A lot of shit's dirty there. Exactly, but it would take away kind of the charm of the Last of Us. Sure, their sheen. Making everything all shiny and 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 nice. Oh my god. Tommy. Oh my god. Tommy. Are you telling me there could be a future DLC where I can clean dirty machines from Horizon? Bingo. Sign me we up found it. right now. <laughs> we found it, y'all. I looked over and I saw the Horizon poster. I'm like, mm -hmm. we're done. That's it. That's it. That's it. Let me let me clean the Thunderjaw. You know? Yeah. What if what if we have wait wait for it? What if what if we're cleaning? Oh my god! Why why is this game Twisted Metal? Why did I? Forget oh, that? Twisted Metal cars like That'd be dope yeah. too. Right? Cleaning That'd the white cool. ice cream truck. Yeah. Cleaning the blood off of the ice cream truck. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so we yeah, don't ask what's nice. there. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, you want to read this question? Spidey suits. <laughs> That's why I was thinking. I was like Nathan Drake, like you know, clean him. Ooh, we. That would like, be bad. Like the so artifacts dirty. and stuff. <gasps> That's true. You got to use that like, the, be too bad. the soft spray. Okay. It may be a little too similar to Lara Croft, though. Fair so enough. I don't know. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, Yuna writes in, hey guys, hope you guys are both doing well. Welcome to March, where it's National Disability Awareness Month. We start we start skating to our destination instead of flying. Winter dies down and spring uh, renews itself for the next couple of months. My question this week is, how do you guys feel about being over-leveled in games? While playing Like a Dragon Ishin, I like to do as much side content as I can in these Yakuza-style games, and that... And that, at some points, I don't mind being overleveled because I get to enjoy the story while still maybe getting over, getting some challenge from the game as a whole. So I so throw the ball to you guys. Do you like being a bit overleveled for games, or do you stop yourself from doing all the side stuff that opens up right away at the time? Uh, I like a good challenge. I like a good thrill. I like a good adventure. But there is yeah. no better feeling than I had. Look at me going back to always. We always go back. Everything leads to Warcraft eventually. You go to <laughs> Elwyn Forest, right? And you're level 60 and you just punch a board dead. You know? You get to sure. you get to the mining trolls and you're like, bam, sucker I'm punch. I imagine you. what that means. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like you just one shot everything. There's a good feeling when you're overpowered. But that feeling can't last forever. Because then it's like, well, what else do I do? You know? There's no challenge. And if there's no challenge, then why play the game? So for me, it's fine to be overleveled to an extent, but there has to be a readjustment point as well. Fair. So I think of it like akin to like Elder uh, Elden Ring, where it's like, hey, you know what? This boss gives me a, a whole big bad time. 
I'm going to go play somewhere else. I'm going to go beat a couple of other bosses, become stronger, and then go and mollywop this kid. That's what I kind of, that's what I do. So I say a little bit of A, a little bit of B. What about you? <clears throat> oh, my God. Oh, Kyle's dying. Look at we're both having throw things today. I don't know what's wrong with this. I don't know what's going on. I'm so sorry. Um, How dare you? I don't mean to be overleveled. Mm -hmm. It's just the it fact just that I just happens. <laughs> like I, I just do a bunch of side quest stuff, and I like cleaning up the maps, going from left to right, and kind of sweeping all in between as I move closer to the main objective. Yeah. Like I think of Horizon, I just bounce back and forth between the map until I get to where it makes sense to kind of go to the main main mission path. Yeah. And I just happen to be super over leveled. And part of me is sort of bummed because it's not challenging at that moment. Mm -hmm. But the other part of me is like, hell yeah, I put the time in. The game is not disregarding the fact that I just put in all this time for all these side quests and leveled up and whatnot. Yeah. So yeah, I am more powerful and i, I kind of dig that yeah i do something similar i like to clean out a whole section of a map because if i yeah. feel like i progress and there's still stuff there it, it mm -hmm. upsets my ocd and so i gotta go back and i gotta beat those and things it's hard to go back to the early areas later yeah. in the game yeah uh, our last question of the night comes from kevin ainsworth are you guys still actively doing playstation stars i just realized i haven't gone and done any of the quests in months my level goes up when i buy stuff but i feel like i've forgotten it exists kevin we're on the same exact plane of existence here my friend <laughs> i have no idea <laughs> i have no uh, idea what's well, going on. i i just uh pulled it up i'm a, at a max level of four okay humble brag please which i ha i'm that level through january of 2025 apparently i remember that the, the, there's that weird thing the levels um, for some reason expire because yeah i, I got 5,000 5, points i'm yeah, sorry i got 5,049 points as well it's asking me to buy uh, lightfall boys do i buy lightfall <laughs> kyle do i do it uh, it's up to you don't tell me if it's up to me I am not the one to talk about spending money. Kyle. I want to. I just don't have it. Kyle, I'm about to get a job offer. Do I wait for the job offer? And if it's wait good. for the job offer. Wait All right. So job. then if it's good, look at that cover. Oh, boy. It's only $50. Okay. I'll wait. I'll practice being patient. Part, but like, I'm so good at conserving money, too. This, it's here I truck. <laughs> the, st the star stuff is, is kind of weird. Yeah. Because, like, I signed up for some things to, like, start the mission, mm -hmm. and they just didn't count. Hmm. It's very strange. Very strange, indeed. Oh, Power Wash Simulator is part of the... Oh, the if you... I think that's what someone pointed out play. as well. Yeah. Oh, if just if you play... Well, I'm going to play it again. Oh, no, buy it. any game on the list. I'll buy any... Where are you seeing this, by the way? Oh, here it is. In the mission. Play monthly yeah. games... Hard game. Shadow of the Colossus. Ooh, you get a little knickknack. These were definitely supposed to be NFTs. Let's not kid ourselves here. 1,000. I'm looking at all these. It's like, oh, win an arcade machine. Like, this was an NFT. I wonder if they, when they stop, they're just going to stop the whole, like, when they're out of their NFT images, yeah. you know? Yeah. Get this thing from Yakuza what if you check What can I get in. for 5,000 points? That's a good question. 
Oh my god, I, we both could get twenty dollars of PSN wallet. Oh, that's five thousand coins. Well, that's not bad. Well, if I don't say now that Dusty purchase kind of starts making sense. Now it's only thirty dollars <laughs> compared to, but I just need people to promise they'll play with me and they'll never leave me. That don't look at me. Okay, uh, that's, no, not me. Uh, hey, Kyle. Yeah. That's it. That's all the questions we got. And now it's for our Dania Vesuti interview. But here's yeah. the thing. Everybody, come with me here for a second. Audio and video watchers, here's the deal. This interview contains light spoilers for God of War 2018, first and foremost. So if you're completely blind when it comes to you know God of War, you, you don't know anything that's happening, you might want to skip this interview. Come back later to it because it's fantastic. There are God of War Ragnarok spoilers, but we have identified those, and those are at the very end, so you could click on out of here for that, okay? So just to make you know, spoilers are afoot, but we've marked them down for you. And again, if you're completely new to God of War, maybe skip out on this. But if you haven't played Ragnarok, we'll have spoilers in the description for you to click on out of it. And if you've beaten both, guess what? You get what is... One of our favorite interviews this whole year because Daniel Absolutely. Daniel pours her whole heart and soul into this performance and it just shows. Mm -hmm. That being said, for video watchers as well, um, unfortunately, we lost her video uh, like 10% through the interview. Uh, so you'll just have to imagine Danielle being all nice and sweet to us. Just trust us. It actually is Danielle. Yeah, it, it's, it's not, not AI. No. <laughs> it's not AI. I promise you I didn't go to... Bing or chat GPT as Microsoft calls it and get a animatronic Danielle. No, this is actually yeah. here. But that said, everybody, it's time for the interview. So let's get right into it. And here joining us to talk all things God of War and Freya is our good friend Daniel Bisuti. You got it. Bisuti. Oh, <laughs> Danielle, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great, guys. It's raining. Speaking of what we were just talking about, cats and dogs here in Los Angeles. And I got to tell you, mm. I love it. I think I'm the one weirdo that's like, I want to drive in it. It doesn't make any uh, sense because it already sucks to drive in LA. Yeah. But I just find it so romantic. And considering that we've been in this like long withstanding drought, whenever I see water, this like underlying fear I have every time I go to the faucet to brush my teeth that there's not going to be any water is like surpassed. I'm like, oh, I can brush my teeth and wash my mm -hmm. hair and there's not going to be any issues and all is well in the world. But um, no, it's green. The air is fresh and it, nice. I'm loving it. Yeah. Awesome. Likewise, here on the East Coast, we're about to get hit with some snow for the first time like all winter and i'm so excited but everyone else is dreading it okay yeah no that does not sound exciting in the slightest. i can't wait i love the snow well, oh i hate shoveling why don't you like the snow because you gotta shovel it it's okay. it's that's depending no, on the right. snow like the fluff that's great but like when it's the sludge oh yeah. no that's back pain city that's population true. me you know <laughs> are you so you're both in jersey or where are you guys i'm eastern long island yeah okay yeah 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 mm -hmm. i'm north jersey you know, we, we're holding up the state. South Jersey kind of sucks. Everything, you know, <laughs> North Jersey, that's where it's at. The rivalry right. continues. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Nice to meet so, you guys. Nice to meet you, too. Let's let's start off. Why don't we uh, learn a little bit about Danielle? Uh, yeah. Where are you from? What do you like to do for a hobby? And how'd you get into acting? 
Um, those are great questions. Well, I am from the city I am in, Los Angeles. I was just born maybe about 10 minutes this way uh, at Cedar sinai Hospital right here in the heart of Los Angeles. Um, pretty much lived here my whole life. When I was about four and a half, we moved up to Washington State. And I think it had a pretty profound impact on my brother and I just because like we went from like, you know, the streets of a city to green, you know, lush trees and bushes. We, we, we went to we lived in Lake Stevens. So there was a lake and there were ducks and there was like a horse that would walk by the front. Yard. I mean, we, we didn't you know, it's like our little formative minds at that time mm -hmm. were like, what's going on? We would go. My brother loved to catch little gardener snakes in, in the, um, you know, in, in, we, we would go on little adventures and hikes and we would catch little tadpoles. So I think our sense of wonderment and a love for nature was really born there. Um, and, um, and you know what, it rained a lot. So maybe that's my affinity for rain is because nice. I love, yeah. yeah, the green and nature. Um, but yeah, born and raised here, went to school out here, studied theater, musical theater, um, a singer, actress, writer. I've, I've been dabbling in directing and producing as of late. Um, I guess you could call that a hobby it, until it becomes a job. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of that aspect sort of transitioning. It's all sort of something that I'm just building. I, I don't really think it's something I'm building with my brand. It's something I'm building as an artist and and, and career-wise because I just love storytelling. And yeah. I was so blessed the day that God gave me God of War because it's some of the best storytelling, I think, across the board in just about any platform you're going to find, whether it's TV, film, um, or game. Yeah. I, I think that leads right into the second question and something when we uh, were going through our uh, game of the year list and trying to nominate people, it was so hard for performance categories to not just list everyone from God of War. So what's <laughs> it like being part of one of the greatest game performance ensembles ever assembled? Like it's pretty incredible. Yeah. It's staggering and remarkable and it should be talked about, I believe, because I was literally was just at a lunch with, um, uh, so Tater Tot is our, our nickname for her. She was camera op on, um, on uh, Ragnarok and Morala who played Bela. And we were just having a little, uh, you know, coffee and, and touching base with each other. And we had talked about that, that it, how great would it be if there were these ensemble, like best ensemble um, for video game? And I think that there's been this sort of transition to, to more narrative. And I know that there's mm -hmm. also a real passion and importance for the gameplay. So you've got to make sure it's still a video game and not a movie. But mm -hmm. when you add characters that you really care about, that you're like on the journey with them, it makes it that much more impactful. At least that's what I'm hearing. And that's what I'm seeing. Um, so yeah, I, it's remarkable. I mean, you know, I, I Christopher Judge and, um, you know, uh, Sonny Soljic, I, I love them, you know, like my family and mm -hmm. I've been with them now for so long since 2014. Um, we, you know, Freya and Kratos and Sonny become this little de facto family and it kind of yeah. happens a little in the first game and it, it, it's kind of, it kind of comes together a little more in, the, in, in Ragnarok, but then, you know, the teenagers sort of like, it's his role to break free. Um, so yeah, so these relationships and this ensemble that we make carry on into our real life. And, um, you know, Richard Schiff as my husband, Odin, that yeah. was a whole heck of a lot of fun to play off of him. Uh, yeah. We had a really, a really great time. And, you know, just watching everybody's work um, uh, has been Ryan Hurst as Thor, like just that mm -hmm. one scene, you know, are you a reasonable man? What is it? Are yeah. you a <laughs> yeah. A calm and reasonable. Are you a calm and reasonable? 
I don't know. Something about that moment. I just started laughing. Holy shit. He's like channeling a Tarantino moment here. Like everything, you know, with Eric, Eric Williams, brilliant direction. And it just, and the writing. um, Yeah. It's one of the best casts that I've seen. And I, and I'm hearing people give that same feedback and to be a part of that has been an honor and a blessing. Mm -hmm. And I, I want to know how it came about because yeah, first and foremost, I mean, you and the crew, everyone crushed it. I, there is something about like the marriage of gameplay meets the ensemble that you just care so much more than just Kratos and, and, and Atreus, but you, you care about all the side characters, you know, Freya, Freyr, yeah. Odin, Thor. Um, but I, I want to know how, how you got into the role or, or how you how was the role um you know presented to you how did you come across it i want to backtrack because you did mention brett dalton who i had yeah. some really great moments with in this game and i was lucky enough to um be a part of it the callback for the actors that that read for Freyer. and um it, i just knew it and and i think look at i wasn't i'm i don't i don't work at sony i wasn't like it's him but, yeah. <laughs> but i felt so blessed that matt sofos and and eric williams cared enough respected enough for me um you know just my sense of it and my you know what my, what my take was to cast my twin brother and we all felt it you know and, and by the way every actor that was on that callback was phenomenal but there was just something extra Something about Brett when we read together, I felt like we already had this backstory and history that was anchored in some emotional center of my body that I couldn't explain because we just met. And and by the way, it was over Zoom. So imagine, Mm -hmm. you know, usually when you're in the room, you can feel somebody's energy. Um, But anyway, loved working with Brett. Um, So your question, can you repeat that question again? Yeah, no. How was how was the role kind of uh, presented to you? How did you come across Freya? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So it is It is one of those things where, you know, people talk about sometimes that it was just something handed to them or uh, an opportunity that they didn't know what they were walking into and then it ended up changing like the course of their life. That yeah. is what Freya was for me. Um, you know, I was doing TV and film and I'd had a career uh, in that and loving it and also doing some music on the side and loving that. And then one day my manager was like, hey, have you ever given consideration to be um, in a interactive game? And I didn't know what that meant. And so she sort of likened it to, yeah, like, um, you know, an avatar where you wear the full uh, mocap suit and like Gollum and the Lord of the Rings. And so I, I understood what that was. And I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I'm a total nerd. Like, I'd love to be a character in a video game. And um, so I got the material. And the material read like a beautiful Shakespearean soliloquy, like a, a queen. And I say this a lot in my interviews. Like, I was channeling Lady Stark and Khaleesi, Mother of Dragons, you know, because obviously a big fantasy fan watching that show at the time. And I was like, oh, this is my game of thrones moment (laughs) you know i was even tempted to like should i do an accent no let's just keep it me um and uh really connected with the material at that time did not know it was freya did not know it was god of war did not even know it was norse mythology i think that they had probably just written something that hearkened freya's journey a quality to a, a queen who had had everything that was stripped from her and it was holding the 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 burden of that pain and and that betrayal, right? So they just wanted to know it, what actress out there can connect and um, uh, will it will it be a good fit? So I I connect. I thought I, th- I mean like, but I say this all the time. 
I go into every audition going, it's me. This is mine. It's me. Because you have to. You have to embody yeah. it. You have to believe 100%. Otherwise, you're wasting your time and everybody else's. So, you know, I left and I was like, great, nailed it. You know, but I did. you don't ever know how it's going to go. Mm-hmm. And apparently Corey Barlog said he knew within like the first 30 seconds that, you know, I, I, I was Freya and that's like the music to any actor's ears. And before I knew it, there I was at the, I got the role. This is awesome. Holy cow. This is a whole new world. Went to the table read, did not know what video game I was in until I was literally walking through the doors. And like Corey, I think was like very Willy Wonka in that moment. Cause he kind of, <laughs> he was kind of chuckling with a twinkle in his eye. And I was like terrified. I was like in the boat with the rowers and they were rowing and I didn't know which way I was going. And I was like, ah, what's happening? Um, and I was hanging on for dear life, but um, she she came to me over time and, you know, I, I'm so grateful for that rehearsal process. And you get that a lot in theater. You don't get that a whole lot in film per se. And in TV, mm-hmm. you get that because you start to grow with the character. Well, yeah. I've certainly now grown with Freya. I feel that there's a symmetry. It's almost synonymous with, with who I am. I could step onto the stages tomorrow and have all the emotional resonance and memory of who she is. But that's because that's over time. Mm-hmm. This was the very beginning. And I was like having to find her, the voice, so, the body. So when you finally get into the the table read, yeah. uh, be, uh, be honest, be honest, be, be real with me. Because, yeah, you know, you're like, what is this interactive video, whatever <laughs> we got going on here? Um, when you're like, oh, it's God of War. Yeah. Was there a moment of like, oh. Oh, I know of this. It's broken into the mainstream several times. Yeah. This is a this is a big deal. Or was it one of those moments of, oh, cool. What is that? <laughs> no, no, that that would have been worse. They would have really fired me then. They'd have been like, oh, what what are we? We made the biggest mistake of our life. I um. So the story goes like so. There's this this behind me right now, and and I was standing uh, in the volume um, building seven at Santa Monica, uh, Sony Santa Monica Studios. Um, I love everybody there so much. And um, I was just standing in the like foyer area before you go into the volume, which is like an all white room with all the cameras mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah. And there was a big picture, an oil painting of Kratos. And he was, you know, full on muscles, emotionally like full of anger and revenge and angst. And he had his, bla- I think his, I think his blades of chaos are in his hands and he's kneeling and it's very, very eye striking. And I was, I kept looking back at it. I was like, dude, who is this guy? And I was like, wait a minute. And I, I, Corey was in front of me. I was like, I think I know this game. I think, is this, that's from God of War, the game called God <laughs> of War. And he, that's when he just started laughing and he was like, <laughs> he was like he's like, yeah. I can totally picture Corey doing that motion too. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, he's like, that's the video game that you're in. And I was like, oh, damn. Things just got real. And then, of course, I was like, oh, man. I would have come so prepared. I would have come with all the research. <laughs> but I think maybe it all worked out the way it was supposed to because there was this beautiful like step-by-step organic discovery and unfurlment and, and and getting to know who she was. That was a, you know, this is a collaboration. You've got the writers, you've got Corey, you've got the animators, you've got Bruno and Erica on stage with all the, the, the character movements and development. And so 
she um she's an amalgamation and she uh and yes i i poured every ounce of myself into her and uh and now we are one <laughs> we are one <laughs> that's that awesome I, I think uh we have a uh we asked our community for some questions so we have one right here Yay. from mn prime uh when you were doing god of war 2018 did you already know about ragnarok and how soon afterwards did they ask you to to put the freya the freya outfit back on Oh, that's a great question. I haven't been asked that one yet. Um, no, I didn't know about Ragnarok, but I I, I had a sense because you have to understand this is a nine hundred page script. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean nine hundred pages that's is like huge. war and yeah. peace. I mean this is insanity. Yeah. We never, Chris, Sunny, I, we never read it from beginning to end. We would get sections of what we were shooting, and you know, and then thank God for Matt Sophos and Rich Gobert and. And, you know, Corey and that game. And then, of course, Eric in this game where they were able to talk to us. Okay, so here's where you've been. Here's where you're going. This is where this is the moment. This sits in this part of the story because it was it was helpful for us to be reminded. So I didn't know Ragnarok was coming, but I knew Freya was coming back because you can't take Mm. somebody's son like that. You can't integrate them like that. You can't make a promise to send somebody to hell that the vilest filth (laughs) in hell. That is my promise and not deliver. So I was pretty confident as I was holding my dead son in my hands, like complete shell of a woman. And that stare of just like half dead, half I'm coming back. I'll be (laughs) be back. Arnold Schwarzenegger style. Like I'll be back. I knew I was coming back, but I didn't know that they were going to um, wrap it all into Ragnarok. And that was awesome. awesome when I found out. Now, here's a question for you. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we talk a whole lot about Corey in the beginning of you know God of War 2018. Could you talk about some of the differences in direct in director style between Corey and Eric Williams? Because when Eric Williams got on uh, uh, or was announced to be the director of Ragnarok, the fans were like, wait, 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 but, but Corey. And, you know, we saw Christopher come out going, listen, guys, when I heard it wasn't Corey in the beginning, I said, no way. But when Eric came on board and, and showed me the way, showed me the path forward, there was no way we were, he was not going to deliver. And I mean, look at what Ragnarok is now. Eric definitely delivered and killed it. What was your initial reaction when, you know, Corey was just like, Hey, I'm going to hand over the reins here to, to Eric. And and how do you feel, you know, their two differences in, in directing um, kind of shaped you and your character. Mm. That's a two part question. So I know. I'm sorry. No, no, it's good. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's important because Eric deserves every bit of praise and acknowledgement for, I mean, it's a juggernaut. Ragnarok is a juggernaut. I mean, it's like a behemoth, like God of War was already this behemoth sized game. Corey took the franchise, the inception of the sun and give it a 180. It's now heralded as one of the greatest games. And in particular, this narrative and and everything else that doesn't take away anything from any of the other departments. I want to be very clear, but the narrative shifting allowed all of it to blossom. I mean, we can go on and on about Bear McCreary's score for like 10 hours. I could talk to you about that man forever. Oh my time. God. That performance at the Game favorites. Awards? I know. Closure? Oh man. I know. <laughs> I know. Memories of Mother, that melody is just, it's always with me. Yeah. But, but so when you have like the person who shepherded that as Corey did, and then, you know, the game that all of a sudden was like, you know, on every stage, winning every game of the year, it was just like, whoa, 
whoa, what's that? This is incredible. When that person who was at, at the helm of the ship is like, I'm going to give, you know, the steering wheel to another director. Well, yeah, of course you're like, but whoa, wait a minute. We all did this together and we're, I'm familiar with this because change is always a little scary. Yeah. Corey knew exactly what he was doing and Sony knew exactly what they were doing. And they appointed Eric Williams, who's also been with the franchise for a long period of time, who also understands these characters inside and out and and was able to then not just deal with our little core cast from 2018 because we were kind of like a small little family. Now it's like everyone's like backstory. You got Odin that comes in. You got Mimir's backstory. You've got, you know, you've got Thor and the, the, the you know, the, that whole like threat at the end. You know, you just see the guy with the lightning and the hammer and, you know, Thor's coming. So then you have him, his family and their whole backstory. You have Surtur and that whole thing. So it it was a lot for Eric to navigate, like it wasn't just 10 ships in in the night in the storm. It was like a fleet of 30 ships. And (laughs) when we were at the uh, Sony um, uh, rap party, I remember uh, both of them spoke and Eric had gotten up on the stage and, you know, and and Corey was of course just congratulating um, um, Eric for a job well done. Uh, for for shepherding and leading all of these departments. And and when Eric got up there, he's very humble, by the way. You know, he's yes. not on social media. He rarely does an interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's not soft-spoken in the sense that he doesn't know what he's talking about. He just talks with purpose. And then like, he's unlike me. He doesn't ramble. <laughs> he, he'll, he'll give you a one-liner and then he's done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, every every word behind him has has intent. I get it. Listen, podcast game. Listen, yeah. rambling's my game. <laughs> so yeah, and you got the right person on with you. So anyway, so he said he called himself a lighthouse. Mm. He said because you know all the winds and the rain and the corrosion from the sea salt and the seagulls that come and take a shit on me. Like he was like. <laughs> I stood like the lighthouse to be able to beckon the ships, give them guidance home. And I was like, that was so aptly said that I'm going to steal it for almost every interview because I couldn't put it more eloquently and also sort of like beautifully because that's like that's like the rhyme of the ancient mariner prose right there when I think about how specific Eric was with his direction, how simple he was, which was good for a character like me who had a lot of emotions going on at all times. I mean, even the moment where Freya, spoiler if anyone hasn't seen this, but there is a moment where she reconciles with, am I going to go with vengeance or forgiveness? And yes. even in that moment when I'm... I'm sort of like a spinning top of, I don't know where I'm going to land. It, you know, I'll always be angry, but no, I know it's not you. There's something else. I mean, I had to carry such great depth of emotion and conflict throughout so much of that game until mm-hmm. I finally come to my own peace, you know, mm-hmm. and they wrote it beautifully. And I got to show every color of a human being, every color of a woman and every color of a, a goddess. And, and it, and it has been the greatest uh, journey. So what Eric gave me in this mm-hmm. game in particular was to be able to find the simple moment or the simple truth inside of all of these emotions that were warring inside of me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. That's, yeah. And it actually goes to one of our, our, 
Look at this. You say you ramble. You segued perfectly into uh, uh, one of our audience questions. This comes from Cowboy Danger D. I, uh, they ask, after an intense day of, re- of recording, how hard is it for you to take off the Freya hat and go back to Danielle? And thank you for so much of what you do. You're amazing. So how hard is it to, 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 you know, there are some really rough scenes for you in particular, your journey that you had to go through. How hard is it to, you know, to, to say, Hey, this stays in the booth, (laughs) right? Like how it, it, it it must be so difficult for you not to take uh, an ounce of baggage with you when you, when you walk out of the volume. That's a, that is also a fantastic question. I haven't had that one either. Um, wow, we're getting some new questions. This is really cool. You're dealing with the pros, Danielle. Hey, You're dealing guys. with the pros. What a great crowd you have, too. This is Cowboy. Thank you, Cowboy yeah. D. Cowboy D. Um, it was hard sometimes, Cowboy D. It was like uh, there were times where, look, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a professional in the sense that I've been doing this a while, but I also studied, you know, I, I studied theater, I studied different techniques. So, you know, you understand how to build, build a character, but, but, you know, when you're being truthful in the moment, your body is actually going through the trauma your character is going through. Yeah. And when you're really feeling these things, the audience is really feeling them with you. And so, yeah, there were moments where it was really hard to decompress or, uh, you know, just just the betrayal after betrayal that Freya went through. And then, of course, me finding those moments in my life is like almost like rescarring, like opening up a scar that you that's closed, like kind of re-injuring yourself in a way so that the um, resonance of those emotions can be real within you so that when the words come out or the scream comes out, Kratos, whatever it is, it's resonating, it's vibrating with that. And so, yeah, like there were moments where I, my voice was worn, my heart and soul were worn. Physiologically, I was worn. Um, you know, just, I don't know if y'all had like a really good cry in your life, which I think is beautiful and healthy, yeah. right? On a daily yeah. basis. Yeah, yeah. Right, me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, our next session, we're just going to well, cry. We have a thing on the show where we have, we have a cry counter when yeah. we play games. We yeah. say how many times we've cried during the game. Yeah. <laughs> That's Believe awesome. me, Ragnarok, double digits for sure. Oh. Many yeah. times. <laughs> I mean, just the first few moments with Atreus oh, yeah. and Fenrir, I was like, ah! Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, my dog! Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, you guys are starting out large and in charge. It was yeah. great, crazy. They're so brilliant. Um, yeah, so there were moments that I had to, you know, do self-care days or replenish myself, um, come back to base. I, 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 I've never felt like I've lost myself in a character where, I mean, you sometimes see some actors that have issues with, um, and this is not a pejorative when I say this or a criticism, but, you know, like they they have mental, uh, they sometimes can go into a depression or, you yeah. know, um, I, I think with Freya, probably there were moments where I had to isolate a little bit. And keep myself in that space because you have to remember, we're not just shooting this consecutively. It's over like a three to four year period. First Mm -hmm. game was a five year period. This game was about three and a half. And of course, COVID lent into that. So I would know, okay, Friday we're on the stages. So come, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I start to prepare my schedule where I can really go into whatever space I need to, depending on what the material is. Oh, this is the one where I'm ripping out the roots. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to need some time to get myself there and then a little time to decompress. Um, but yeah, it, it does. Is that my computer making that sound? Don't worry. Computers make all sorts of noises. I'm going to, I'm going to turn my mail off and then that won't be an issue. People Um, probably listen to my nieces and nephews running around upstairs. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
but yeah, it there there were some times where I did feel worn out from the experience, but never to a point where I felt like this is too much for me to handle. Um, mm. It was always like it felt kind of good, like yeah, I gave everything, and now and now I got to go get a massage and mm. drink some wine, and I'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, that's right. When you're when you're in the at the volume and 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 you know. Uh, emotion capturing in the booth or whatnot. Are there any moments uh, of the Freya that we see come from you and your input on the character? Like you go up to Corey and Eric and be like, Hey, I think Freya is more like this in this situation, or are they just so good at the source material from the beginning that it's just kind of like, it's there for you. And you have no problems with it. <laughs> well, it's certainly written there. I mean, if there if yeah. there was ever a character that I'd seen that that went through the entire range of a spectrum of of human emotion, it would it would she's one of them. Okay, mm -hmm. so it was already on the page, but also too it it's how it's being played. You know mm -hmm. how it's being interpreted or how it's being um, lived, and. Yeah, I think there were a couple moments. I certainly would hope that I think there were moments where in, they they had taken my input and they 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 respected me as an artist, as as the actress coming in to bring this woman to life, who also knew this woman from a different angle, right? Because yeah. when you're writing, you're sort of conceptualizing it on the outside a little bit. Not you're you're also inside, but when you're an actor, you're really you're the blood and the guts and the and the soul and the backstory and the breath of this character. So. Um, there were a couple times where I think I had remembered maybe there was a note where it was like they were there was a concern not necessarily from the writers that Freya also be very strong and a leader because you know she's the leader of the Vanier yeah. she's the queen of the Valkyrie and I pushed back only a little bit to say I think it's okay for her to be messy. I don't mm. think you guys aren't writing her from the viewpoint of she just married Odin. She's the queen of the Valkyrie and everything's honky dory in the nine realms. No, you're writing her. She's earning. She's finding herself again. Yeah. She's go going through a transformation. And if that gets messy along the way and kind of rude or a little bit too like snot coming down my nose, um, not to milk it, but just to be honest then let me get to that place of empowerment. And 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 I think that we did have a few conversations. I'm okay if she's messy. She didn't have yeah. to, you know, this whole like, I have to be the strong woman all the time. It's like, what are you, a robot? I'm not a robot. She's not a robot. <laughs> mm -hmm. I wish and, I was a robot. Believe me. Yeah. Same here. I mean, I process all types of things all, all fast. <laughs> well, my, and, and I think you see a lot of that in... Uh, in the Freya side quest, yeah, how it's in Ragnarok, mm -hmm. it's so it. powerful, um, and it is a, it like it is one of my favorite moments in gaming that I really do feel like it should be a thing on the main beaten path because if you're missing it, you're missing so much because there is so much, you know, th there's there's kind of there's there's a storm inside of Freya, right? Like she has all these. She's had all these things kind of, uh, you know, put on her shoulders, but at the forefront, she's a mother and she's dealing with loss from every which angle. And how do you, how do you internalize or come to grips with or even overcome? Um, I mean, it's just it, an incredible, an incredible performance. Again, I know I was stroking your ego and all that jazz, Aww, but thank um, you. What and and this actually, there's another community question. This comes from Oni, who writes, "What is 
the quality that you relate most to Freya? Oh, wow. You have really very, like, they're, like, acute with their questions. They're very, mm-hmm. like, right on point. You got the best audience, I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah, guys. Um, <laughs> so nice to meet you here and, and spend time with you. Um, well, let's see. There's The mother's always there with Freya. And I'm glad that you you mentioned that. And also with those side quests, I have to say one of my favorite moments was was finally reconciling with my tie to Asgard and and yes. that sword moment. And that sword moment you asked me in that last question, were there any moments where you really laid your input in? I knew all of the struggle and then the moment where I just surrender and it just, it gives way. And then it just kind of like fell into my hands. That really was a moment where I had, a, uh, I think, a lot of input on the choreography of that. Because I knew in my own life, and now I'll tie into this question, the moments where I have forced it, you know, mm. oh, I need it to be a certain way. Um, it's not going to happen. Yeah. You know, because when you're, when you're pushing at something, the energy on the other end is going to push away. And it's usually when you can embody the beingness first and then just be in that space, you'll most likely attract it to you. That's been a a lifelong lesson for me in my journey and still and still can deal with because, you know, we want to be accepted. We want to be acknowledged. We want to get the job. We want all these things that are external. And you can give big pieces of yourself away, in particular in my industry and in your industry, potentially, you can give big pieces, you can give your value away. Oh, okay. I didn't get nominated for that, or I didn't get that job, or I didn't get the like from that person, but 20,000 other people gave me a like, and I just want it from that one person. You know, wasn't that like the social network? He's like, click. He's like waiting at the end. He just wants the one girl. It doesn't matter. He's a billionaire. He just wants the one girl. And that's an interesting component to being human, to our to our humanity. So, yeah, there I've had loss, I've had betrayal, I've had um, I've had victories, and then I felt like forgotten about. I've had all of that in my personal life, in my career, and um, then I've had moments where I've you know been on top and in the limelight, and I've felt like a queen and a leader, and. I've I have lived out in my own life the 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 glory and the guts and the gore of Freya. Yeah. So there it was easy for me to channel everything that that was needed there um and uh, anything that wasn't there um I had something you know kind of adjacent that I was able to sort of mold and craft as an actress um and I've never been a mother but I have 16 nieces and nephews. Okay. And that I'm seems here. like enough. That seems like <laughs> yeah, enough. you're like, you're done. You're done. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. thank you, brothers and sisters. No, I, I, exactly. still, I still do want a child. Very much so. Very much so. And these are big, big life decisions for me um, currently that I'm that I'm looking at. And I, I am a mothering energy. I've always had a mothering energy to me without even having a kid. So, um, so yeah. So I think that I had the right materials for her. And then the rest of it was invention along with the creatives that uh, wrote her. It seems like there's just that, the, 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 you know, maybe from what I'm gathering here is just like the reason that you feel so connected with Freya on, on her journey is it's easy to connect with someone that you feel like has gone through just, you know, gone through the gauntlet as well. 
And there's, there's that, you know, there's that kind of kinship between, yeah, I, you know, I don't know what it's like to be married to a, to a God and then get betrayed and all that jazz, but I know what it's like to get hurt. And I know, you know, I, and, and I know that that those feelings that we have are, are, are connecting us together in, in, a, right. in, a, in a special way. It's beautiful. Uh, I want to switch gears really quickly before we get back to Fre- Freya. Uh, mm. We would like to, uh, to know a little bit more about the song of the Valkyrie and how oh that came about goodness. and how fun was it to don the Valkyrie armor in real life? Cause it looked <laughs> awesome. It was definitely dreams, dreams coming true. You know, okay. it's, it's, it's really cool to be uh, an avatar. And again, you know, we're doing exactly what they do in avatar, you know, Kate Winslet put on the mocap suit. I put on the mocap suit. Mm-hmm. I acted out my scene. She acted out. We're, we're doing the exact same work. Um, and, but, uh, I, you know, yeah, I mean, I wanted to be in the Game of Thrones and I, I love fantasy. I, I grew mm-hmm. up watching Star Wars and King Arthur was, you know, a huge, huge, uh, the lore of King Arthur was just huge in, in my family growing up, um, especially between me and my mother. And so I always wanted that. And I thought, gosh, you know what? Um, I should just do that. Well, again, at, for, at first it was just going to be this little love letter. I love Lana Del Rey. She has a song about video games. It's cute. I'm going to sing it on my ukulele and I'm going to tell my fans I love them. And then I was like, hmm, wait a minute. There might be a story here. And then I was I was so fascinated by the empowerment story of Freya and also the Valkyrie, because when Odin comes along, and this is not necessarily like the cliche toxic masculinity conversation, but in this case, it just happens to be a man named Odin, the all-father, who comes in and takes what he wants in a very sort of uh, uh, nefarious, like, Conniving. Conniving, yeah. It's very clandestine, right? Because she thought she was brokering a peace and, of course, you know, love and family and all that. But he can't help himself. He's got to know, right? Doesn't he say, no, I have to know. And that's his, you know, albatross and his cross to bear. And he didn't, he don't think he meant to hurt Freya, but he just didn't care because what he needs is is greater than what this, this became an issue. Now I'm just going to get rid of you. Oh, wow. Thanks so much. But to be able to go from that rage and that vengeance all the way through to that forgiveness was incredible. So I thought, wait a minute, we were all asleep to who we were. I was the witch of the woods. And in mm. some parts of me, maybe even forgot, you know, leader of the Van Nier, but no longer, I say in that first game, but no longer. And it's almost like she doesn't even want to remember or talk about it. It's too painful. But yeah. then when the awakening happens and she's because it's like, why? Let me just stay here under my turtle where it's warm. Leave me alone. I'm collecting my herbs and I'm making all sorts of fun Seder magic things. Yeah. Because it's more painful to have to go through the journey of that transformation. But what happens as it is, her and Kratos, who I think are very like sort of symbiotic, right? The masculine and feminine of one another, they're, they're, they have to go through this journey to come out the other side to repair. You can't yeah. get to repairing the nine realms if you haven't repaired yourself. You can't get to that unless you've gotten to forgiveness and acceptance and integration with yourself. And so... When I decided to write about the Valkyrie, I thought this needs to be an empowerment story about these great Valkyrie who were these shield maiden warriors. Now, look, we're also feminine. We're beautiful. We're feminine. We play these instruments. There's sensuality to women. There's sexuality to women. All those things are beautiful, but we didn't want to just be relegated to that, right? We didn't want to just be, you know, that that mitigated to um, that. That's that's your value. Well, Odin cast the spell on us. So we're these fairies in the woods playing beautiful, you know, cello and harp. But we forgot, no, wait, we're actually supposed to be these shield maidens. And then when I, when my character remembers 
And then she goes and touches everybody. And then the little, it's the triple headed arrow rune, Valkyrie rune um, appears in the cave of transformation. Well, once everyone wakes up, now we're in a formation and we're marching toward the cave of transformation. And then the transformation happens and we come out these like fully armored and bodied of all the strengths of, of, of femininity to the edge of the cliff to fly off to Ragnarok. I was like, I have to do it. So <laughs> I wrote it. I envisioned it. I um, got my team. They helped me to co-create this. We pulled wardrobe from like five different wardrobe. I mean, I don't know if you've been following me, but I we had yeah. a day where we were thanking all of our sponsors. So you got to see where we pulled all these pieces from the feather, the ear wings that my friend made to the incredible hair design by JL. And then, you know, Gigi, our costume designer, we just wanted to show what our production company could do on a dime and, and the quality that we could bring to you. Um, right now, I'm at Republic Records in Los Angeles. My my friend Rob Christie, who's my music producing partner, we spent hours recording that song. We dialed in every instrument. We wanted the big war drums. We wanted the snare military drums. We wanted the we wanted the harp to be in there. We wanted to emulate what Lana did, but elevate it in this Norse fantasy lore, this pantheon, and create the world in a five minute music video. And that's what we did. Awesome. And yeah, awesome. you're yeah. yeah, like seeing the production value behind behind that music video is really incredible cuz you said like on a dime like a lot of things are just like, you know, we see, you know, quote unquote fan-made stuff and it's like, oh, that's, you know, it's 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 good, but it doesn't reach the level of which you guys have been doing it and partnering with and and it's just it's awesome to see I think through uh, a fan's perspective of someone who has fallen so deeply in love with that character. Yeah. That's just like, no, I, this is, this is, this is a passion. This has resonated with me so much so that uh, I, you know, it, it's, it's, it's something that's going to be, you know, holding on to me or cl clung to me for, for, you know, the rest of my time type of type of feel. I, I love it. Yeah. It's the nerd. It's the nerdy geek in me. It's the thespian in me, but it's also the girl who thought she was a fairy when she was a little girl. Like, you know what I mean? So like when yeah. I thought I was a, fa a queen fairy and I, and it just sort of played out into my adult life where I was like, Oh, now all these movies that informed me, like these great eighties fantasy films, Corey and I, Corey Barlog and I used to always joke around that we grew up in the same household. We just didn't know it. Cause like, you know, never ending story and like legend and, you know, things like princess bride and whatever yeah. clash of the Titans, all these films that we like watched that left these imprints in my, in my psyche and also my identity to be like, feels like I really resonate with that. I feel like I'm going to do that one day in my adult life. And, and here I am playing witches and goddesses quite often, which is um, a really beautiful manifestation of, um, of a dream and also a lot of hard work. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we saw you don the armor in that music video. Ah, I loved it. If you were to take a prop from the God of War universe, like what I hear most actors do from a set, they take a piece of wardrobe or whatever. What's the one thing from the God of War universe you would like to take home as like a memento of your time as Freya? Well, that's tough. Um, well, here's what's why that's tough is because, you know, a lot of the props are just like a piece of wood with a bunch yeah. of dots on it. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like if, if from the in-game universe. If you could just oh, reach real, in and take yeah, it. Yeah, just yeah. take it. I know you don't want to see that mocap seat ever. No. <laughs> <laughs> why? It's so flattering, boys. Um 
I have so many, I had so many like rashes from the Velcro. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get me started on the Velcro. Um, well, I love the Brisingaman necklace. And actually, mm. I just sort of had, I've been kind of like, oh, nice. yeah, I've been yeah. donning oh. these uh, necklaces lately. Oh, and by the way, did you see my little ring? What's I did. Oh. I love it. That's amazing. I, I call her Falky. Yeah. <laughs> I found her and I was like, oh, you belong on my finger. At all Absolutely. Times. Yeah. Um, I love the Brisingaman necklace, but prop wise, probably, probably the bow. Mm, because the bow answer. is both games. Um, the swords, and of course the integration with that other sword, which is one of my absolute favorite scenes for Freya, as we already discussed, um, yeah. was more felt more like a Ragnarok when she steps back into her mm-hmm. leader of the Vanir, especially when she's like she's around the table with everybody and she's going over yep. like, okay, here's how we go in, you know, through this realm. And Ratatasker got me this. And you know, she's really starting to like own her her strength again. And again, it was almost like it was like not even necessarily stepping into old shoes. It was like, these are the new pair of shoes. Like through everything I've learned, I'm now a different leader. I know how to lead because of the experiences I've been through. But I would have to say the bow, the bow and arrow. All right. Nice. Well, I love it. I love it. Now I'm going to get into some spoilers, some deep spoiler oh. territory for anybody listening. All right. Now is your time to tune out. Tune out. No worries. You've given you five, four, three, four, three two. two, one. All right. Santa is not real. Now let's get into oh, the sport. How dare you? <laughs> I know. I love doing it. I can't stop. Um, Kevin Diaz writes in, how do you feel about uh, your turn with Freya ending up being an ally to Kratos and Atreus after what was committed in God of War 2018? Uh, were there any specific difficulties or things that aided you in unraveling that side of Freya involving forgiveness and that excruciate, excruciating act? Mm. Um, and I think he's 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 thinking about that. Um, what is it, the Vanaheim scene, right? The roots. Um, oh you know, the I don't forgive you, but oh, I, for, I, I forget the line, but um. You know, it's it's like it's not. There's a part of me that will, I'm 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 still angry, and there's a part of me that will always be angry. But I suppose for now, you're you know you're not the one mm-hmm. that needs mm-hmm. to die. Yeah. It's like With, you've read that before. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that one. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I'm, and I hope I, you know, remembered it uh, accurately. Um. So you're 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 wanting to know about. Which How did you? Yeah. yeah. Becoming from you, foe to ally. Yeah, Kratos and Treyas. Okay, the photo yeah. ally. Yeah, look, I again, we um, a second ago we were touching on how um, we we are criers, like like all like it's healthy to cry, you mm-hmm. know. And um, if you've ever done any kind of therapy in your life, you know, a good therapist would tell you that well, there's uh, emotions are not negative. Yeah. But it, it's what we it's what we do with them, right? They're just energy that need to be expressed. So rather than hitting the person in front of you, hit a pillow. Right. Because that anger, whatever that is, needs to be expressed out of you. It's just something in the body. So for Freya, she needed to go through the rage. She needed to be the falcon and shapeshift and land on that sled within an inch of his life with her sword, you know, back around his neck, you know, every violation. I mean, she, her whole life 
was basically this one moment of vengeance. But then, of course, she realizes that that's actually that's futile. Right. There's 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 no there's no life after that. There's no you know, you can you can you can go eye for an eye, but you're actually not going to be fulfilled um, until you can integrate. See your piece in it, which is huge in this game. The taking responsibility, which they learn with the Norns and then be able to get to forgiveness. Um, So. I loved that she became their friend. They already had a bit of that chemistry when it came to Atreus, right? Because she was the mother whose son was estranged, who wanted to be the mother. And so every time she sees little Atreus, she she perks up. Even my voice goes up like 10 octaves, like, hello. Mm -hmm. Like when he like I heard that when he came through the door in the first game. Hello. And I had a little giggle. I was like, oh, my God, that doesn't even sound like Freya. But it's because she's feeling such joy and lightness around this child. So to go from loving Atreus, kind of tolerating Kratos, to then hating him with every inch of my being, to wanting to destroy him, to becoming not only forgiving him, but then becoming his companion to repair is... Is the is the mountaintop of story writing. It is the most beautifully responsible type of narrative we could be sharing with the world to say it is possible to forgive. And hey, look, if Kratos continued to be an a-hole, right, and not keep up keep his word, I'm not a doormat. I'm not a battered woman choosing back into a, a negative environment. He changed too. We changed together and look at how we integrated and we changed together. And that's the power of relationship because it's really easy for me to judge Kratos. How could you do that? And then I'm like, oh, wait a minute. The Norns are like, what about you, lady? And I'm like, what do you mean? (laughs) What about me? How dare you? Yeah. I didn't do anything. (laughs) And I mean, like, how did you, how did you, I mean, like, and this, this kind of just secondary to to Kev's question, uh, question is then like did you find out or when did you find out that oh freya's actually going to be my companion for kratos <laughs> like, that's going to be a i thing. was told that i was delighted um that's awesome obviously that meant more work that meant more time yeah. creating with the people that i love at santa monica studios um we really do have a very special family environment when we're in that volume it is a very sacred space chris and i talk about it all the time how lucky we are And, um, you know, we all contributed to creating that. And, um, yeah. So when I found out the big news that I was going to be a companion character, I was like, holy cow, that's incredible. So much more story, so much more time in the story. And it also did lead to some of the most challenging work that I had, which was a lot of the grunts and and battle cries, because that can just be really taxing on (laughs) the voice and it's very repetitive. So, um, no, I was thrilled. Thrilled. Uh Oh time. yeah, I was just gonna say a couple of things uh, that I just remembered happened, and in my head I was going to I'm trying to figure out a way to ask you. In the main game, when we find out what Frey has done to Charlie, the giant turtle, oh, and I was so upset. I was, and too. then and then think whoever's decision it was for the end game to just go back to different places. So like, yeah. 
fill in the plot points. So when I went back with with Freya as the companion, yeah. and and you had that moment where you're like, yeah, no, we need to find someone to take care of him. I was like, oh, thank God, because I felt so bad for Charlie. <laughs> yeah. You're not alone. I mean, Charlie didn't do anything except, you yeah. know, like it's it's like the dog that I neglected. I left for all this time because I got so consumed with my own mm-hmm. rage and everything, and and which is actually antithetical to who Freya is. So she's always like, oh, the you know the whale, the tree, yeah. <laughs> the lights. <laughs> The lights of all five. Like she's very, she's yeah. she's witchy. She's Norse magic. She's she's like pagan. You know, she's in, in nature. Is 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 everything about the Vanir culture? Um. So to know that, I mean, isn't that just the thing, right? When 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 you have such a burden of 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 the negative, you can't call it a negative emotion. When you have the burden of something like vengeance, that's eating you from the Mm -hmm. inside out. You're not, you're not only neglecting and hurting yourself, but you're hurting other people around you. Yeah. And, and poor Charlie was like the, you know, the innocent, uh, uh, not sacrificial lamb, but he, the bystander, the bystander, he was the innocent bystander who got neglected. So when bird, when burger ends up being there, it was a perfect home for him. I was like, yes, (laughs) to apologize to him. That's awesome. Uh, and and another uh, spoiler thing that I just thought of to ask about. One of my favorite things that God of War, both 2018 and Ragnarok do is um, kind of uh, faking you out on what the actual ending of the game is, mm. like walking through the credits and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And obviously in Ragnarok, the scene before the credits, even like the true credits really roll, is uh, another add to the cry counter. Uh, Brock's funeral scene. Oh. How how heavy is that and just like i want to touch on a little bit just how great was adam harrington as sindri in this incredible yeah adam's performance and robert's performance which isn't yeah is not even really getting mentioned i mean but listen every actor incredible oh yeah for sure robert just laying there with you know the tears in his eyes you, you know, I know what you did. You know, you got to let me go. And then Adam mm-hmm. just fucking gut wrenched of emotion, mm-hmm. just tears. And then and then I got the tears. And then I'm looking at Chris and Sonny and we're all just like, uh, like we are gutted at that moment. Yeah. 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 God, it, it, that that scene always gets me because there is that that like, yeah, you know, the the betrayal moment uh, of yeah. tear. I was just like, wait, what? Because. The writing in this game, guys, yeah. Santa Monica. I know. There's a part where just like, Tear, why is Tears saying this? This is yeah. not like him. And then that moment, I was just like, this is genius. This is and actually. And also the fact like with subtitles on, when Tears speaking throughout the game, he doesn't oh, yeah. have the accent mark. Yeah. Or, or vice versa. Then when, oh my God. I'm going to plug in real quick because I think. Yeah, I'm of course. Gonna, hold on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to oh. lose you guys. Um, No, I mean. This is why they continue to to get best narrative time and time again. Um, yeah. And and again, this doesn't take away from any other video game out there that's that's writing mm-hmm. great narratives. It's just that the, the, what this game offered, huh, <laughs> because of how responsible they are. And I oh, and I keep bringing it back to that, like, you know. Nobody, nobody likes in real life an a-hole who just goes around hurting people that never apologizes and never has any consequences. And we've seen a lot of TV shows and narratives where it's like, really? That's how you're going to end it? And I don't want to mention any because I don't, I, I. Sopranos, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you could go on and on. I mean, you could talk about a lot of these things. Wait a minute. I just invested a long period of time with these people. 
And there's no, um, there's no mea culpa. There's no yeah. transformation. We get that in real life all the time and we don't like it there. Why am I going to spend my precious time watching a show where I'm not going to get it there? Because at least the very least, and I'm not saying everything has to be tied up in a, a fancy bow. It's not like everything was put together perfectly at the end of Ragnarok. Yeah. We we looked at the wreckage and, you know, it was Mimir, me and Kratos. And we're like, well, mm-hmm. let's, let's see to it together. Let's, yeah. let's rebuild. Let's rebuild. And build something better. And yeah. It goes into the last thing, and this is from Drellish, so you can yell at him. Um, <laughs> do you think we've seen the last of Freya? <laughs> I certainly hope not. <laughs> yeah, same. I, um, <laughs> I, I, I think all, ev- all of the elements came together to create a really impactful character. Yeah, and, and I am, I am one part of that. And I, I, the fan reception of her has been just an absolute joy in my heart. It has meant so much to me because, you know, again, you know, when you're an actor, you're, you, you, you're doing all sorts of projects throughout your lifetime and not all of them get seen and not all of them get a stage like God of War has gotten. You know, you can do your best work and no one's going to know about it. But this just happened to be some of my best work because of where I'm at in my life and my craft, where I'm at as a human, but also because it was written to this incredible perfection. And the fact that what I was feeling so deeply and honestly is translating through to you, to the, to the fans, and they're coming back with like the same emotion. That's the reciprocity that you hope for. That's yeah. why you do what you do. You're not you don't want to do it in a, a a big, you know, void space where nobody's feeling it. And the fact that they're feeling it and loving her and they're not just like, "Ah, oh, she's, you know, she's crying with it. She's crying and she's upset again." But they're like, "No, they're really invested because they know she's fighting for something." Yeah. It's not just sobbing when she's pulling those roots and going into the fetal position. Leave me alone, guys. She's fighting for something. And yeah. she doesn't know it's for her. I think she doesn't know it's for her own peace of mind until she realizes that she had a part in it and that that vengeance and even killing Odin is not going to give her the peace of mind that she seeks. That was such a brilliant scene uh, because she comes to it. Kratos comes to it. Atreus comes to it. um, But, but Adam doesn't, you know, like that's what comes after. And like that feeling it, there's so many there's so much like just flowing through him in that time. And that's what makes the funeral scene so much more hurt because Mm -hmm. he still hasn't found peace. Even after getting justice, he still hasn't found it. And see, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, I I tend to think that Ragnarok is the end of all things. And the only one I feel like truly felt to Ragnarok is Sindri. Brock was his world. Everything ended. That's all he cares about. Here's how brilliant the writers are. They left Sindri where they left Freya in the last game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the most important thing in Sindri's life was taken from him. Beautifully, flawlessly acted by Adam Harrington and, and Robert Craighead, that relationship, mm-hmm. the Holder brothers. Yeah. And just like in the last game, when Baldur is taken from me, that look, that that is a dead on the inside, but I I'm going to do something about it. And that's the exact same thing that Sindri has at the end of this game. So one would hope that we could understand. We don't want to leave Sindri in that place in perpetuity, do we? We want to know what happens with Sindri. We want to know what happens with these characters that we love. And I can only imagine that 
that Sony has some 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 ideas up their sleeve because mm -hmm. this is a huge IP and the fan base loves it and we love it. So why not keep creating what that looks like? I, I honestly have no idea. I'm just mm -hmm. praying. And yeah. honestly, I mean, it, when people are like, yeah, like Kratos arc over, but like more Freya and like you know, Freya and Sindri, I, I feel like I, it makes sense. Let's you know? do the Freya and Hold Your Brother spinoff. Did you yeah. see that photo that we posted from our rap party? Oh no, I have I not, but I need yeah. to. I'm gonna send it to you. It's because okay, yes. you know, because we're all we're all obviously we're all friends in real life, and yes, at at the party, there's a really funny photo of me in between Adam and Robert, and then I put it out on the Twitterverse, and I was like, "The Hold Your Brothers and Freya spinoff, anyone?" <laughs> and yes. they're like, "Yeah, we would love it. Come on!" They, by the way, they made the the dwarves made um, her necklace, the uh, yeah. in the lore, right? Yeah. In the prose Edda, the uh, um, Brisingamon. And so that's why I just think these backstories could be so interesting because we laid such great foundations. It's like, how did she get the necklace? And when did she first meet, mm -hmm. you know, Sindri and uh, and Brock? And when, like, Mimir with a body. What what did that look yeah. like? Mimir oh, yeah. Body. Um, when he thought it would be a good idea to broker the peace. Like, he's the one that talked Frey into it. Like, no, you got to yeah. marry this dude and he'll calm down. Like, he, maybe he did for like a year or two. But then, uh, you know, things happen. But um, I, I can't speak more highly on, on my uh, my cat, my uh, my co-cast, and and the creators there. And yeah, yeah. I, I want I want to ask one more question. But is there one that you, you'd like to ask here, Kyle? No, go go for it, Jeff. All right. So apparently, I don't know if you know this, but there's an Amazon sh show. Amazon is is oh. interested in making a God of War show. We're very excited about it. Um, you know, we're seeing Christopher Judge going, listen, what's this Dave Batista nonsense? Uh -huh. It's me. And I'm very much on that boat. Yeah. It's Christopher gosh dang Judge. Um, so why does it only make sense that you're Freya? <laughs> That's my only question for you, miss. <laughs> well, you're obviously talking to someone who's partial and, uh, yeah. I have no, uh, no, um, what is it? Uh, subjectivity. I only have objectivity because, of course, I would love to play her in in, in live action. I I've been doing live action. And it's just that they animate it right, and so yeah. to have that opportunity to um, on that scale um, on an incredible you know platform like Amazon, who's given us like the Rings of Power and mm -hmm. and just so on and so forth. Like it, I, you know, it's you know it's going to be quality because yeah. of who Amazon is. You know it's going to be quality because you already know the game. The fact that Corey's involved, the fact that there's, I mean, of course, I mean, this is the source, right? You know, yeah. to have that integrity of, of what was laid. Um, and then, of course, and then exploring more, right? Because now you've got these new people involved in these incredible creatives. Uh, if they ask me, I will join them. I mean, of course I will. <laughs> um, and, you know, it, 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 it'll, it'll be interesting to see how things play okay. out. Okay. I, I think they probably are assuming that I would be happy to join them. And yeah. and what I, what's been really meaningful for me has been the fans, you know, stating that they would love to see me as that. The fans saying that they they feel me symbiotic or like the, the symmetry between me and, and Freya and, you know, yeah. just grateful for what I gave. And, and if, if that's if that's the thing, I mean, that is the thing in my heart that that remember we talked about that earlier, yeah. like no matter what happens, like that's the thing in my heart that I have the inte integrity with. And if I continue to grow with Amazon and with the franchise, I would be so humbled and so grateful. I'll say it. Amazon, please do, it. <laughs> do the right thing. Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, guys, please. 
Okay. No, thank you. Thank you so much for being on. Mm-hmm. Thank you for being so generous with your time. Um, you know, it's I mean, awesome. It's, yeah, I was just say, it's it's very easy, and I love hearing it for Sam. But it's so easy uh, to think that uh, or to see why you were voted our best female performance of, of last year. I mean, Freya means so much to so many people and it was overwhelmingly uh, in your favor uh, oh, when it came so to cool. the vote. But mm-hmm. even without the vote, Joe and I, we just absolutely adored your performance as Freya. And we are so appreciate your time here today. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. That, that, that was such a, that was like the perfect Christmas gift that you could have given me. <laughs> um, perfect holiday gift. And considering how many great performances there were this year, um, oh, yeah. you know, by, mm-hmm. by women um, and men in video games um, to, to, uh, to have received that um, was, was incredible. And I, I continue to be inspired by this world, by the actors who are in it, whether they be um, TV and film actors that come in or, or the journeyman uh, video game, you know, voiceover mocap. I mean, it's, it's all, it's, it's the quality in which you make. It shouldn't yeah. ma- matter where you came from. It's what, mm-hmm. what are you doing? What quality are you creating? Absolutely. So for them to uh, recognize that performance and to, and, and to bestow me that I'm so grateful. Thank you. It means the world. Of course. <laughs> of course. And with that, everybody, it's time to get back to the main show. Kyle, I'm still hard pressed that we actually did that interview. <laughs> I know, right? One of the loveliest mm-hmm. and easy to talk to people ever. Yeah. I mean, I I feel like we've been pretty lucky with those kinds of people in our interviews this past month or so. Yep. Uh, it's just, I keep telling myself, is this real life? Are we? <laughs> Are we do is we this happening? This? Like, yeah. I've I've watched other people interview ca- these caliber types of. Yeah. Uh, of interviewers or interviewees kind of thing so like it's awesome to see like people like jane perry you know people like danielle just be you you see that they 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 love their craft even when we're talking to developers and we're getting into the nitty-gritty of their craft and they're just getting all passionate and you can see and sense the excitement and the connection to their games and their characters that mm-hmm. man it, it, it's just wonderful to just be in the room and experience and to see her like quote the l- literal literature where you know yeah. ragnarok is, is is you know is taking place like yeah. that's that's the type of just craftsmanship the the love that you that you just mm-hmm. amazing it's awesome so yeah. and y'all it, spoiler alert we ain't done. That's all I'm gonna say. They haven't even really begun. That's a that's a we crazy. We ain't thing. done. Wink, wink, yeah. nudge, nudge. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Who knows? Who knows what's happening? We do, not you. But that's fine. That's how it should be. <laughs> and that's been the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast made by the players for the players. If you liked what you heard, please hit like, share, subscribe. It helps us out. If you're watching on the video version, it definitely helps. Hit like, share, subscribe. If you are an audio watcher or listener rather, then please hit us up with a five-star review. Get entered into uh, the Resident Evil 4 giveaway that we're doing. Review us on Apple Podcasts. Review us on Spotify. Share it out to us at PS Trophy Room. Be entered. If you're a patron, guess what? You're already entered. Amazing things. If you've already reviewed our show, guess what? You're already entered. Fantastic. Thank you. But before we go, Kyle, is there anything you'd like to spotlight before we get on out of here? Sure, you know where to find me, Mr. KSEP, all the things. 61 Indie filmed the mini indie showcase uh, this past weekend. 
Uh, Mike has done a rough edit coming in at the exact perfect time. I don't want to spoil things or talk ahead before we want to announce it. Sure. It's going to be a stellar show. But also for those that enjoy listening to us to talk about The Last of Us, there was a weird, I just want people to know, there was a weird thing with the show. The video version. uh, At least uh, the video version where you couldn't hear me at all. And being this week, this uh, episode left behind is where I did the recap. Yeah. Probably not the best thing to sit down and watch or listen to. Mm-hmm. So next week we'll, we'll, we'll have it at the end or something yeah. like that. So next week's episode of the last was uh preview. If you're watching via YouTube, because you're not a patron, which is fine. Um, you'll have the left behind episode uh, after the episode eight. Uh, uh, yeah show so there you go we'll just merge it into one akira style episode of just oh my god we we really went through all that again (laughs) yes but it's the mental anguish we love that Uh said you can follow me over at mr bad bit you can follow the show over at ps trophy room on twitter again rate us five stars get entered into all them types of contests all that jazz so with all that said and with all that out of the way everybody keep your wits about you keep hunting keep playing playstation why did i knock the desk i don't know i don't know bye i love you